Welcome to Chasing Geek. Four words. We got it. Well, I kept going. Well, you could... Anyways. I just wanted to make it awkward. Here's your co-host. The one who likes to make things awkward. Matt Mueller and me, Selena and Gotti. The one who just is trying to commit to what we decided to do. I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel without a cause. See, in the past, we've always, like, taken turns, you know, saying the, the intro. intro. Yeah. But last episode, we couldn't remember whose turn it was. And yeah. since no one really went first last episode. No, no one really did. I was like, hey, how Well, technically, we you together? did, because you left. I technically, laughed. it starts out with your laugh, La- so technically, you started first. Okay. Well, so I figured we would maybe go together. Falsehood. I just wanted to say falsehood. <laughs> I'm in a very, I'm in a very spunky mood today. Yeah, have you been drinking? No, okay. I haven't had a drop of liquor all day. Okay. I don't know what it is. I mean, you know normally... what? I think I'm in a really good mood because I, have, I just had Chinese food, and I'm like, that sounds good. Yeah, it was a very like, just kind of satisfying. Yeah, it was just very. It was like know. chicken soup for the soul, but you know, not sweet and sour chicken for the soul. There we go. <laughs> I was gonna say That's like, uh, you know, egg drop soup is. Technically, a type of like oh yeah, chicken that's, that's good soup. too. That's good, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I like egg drop. Egg drop and miso is like to my What's base. Miso? Why do I not know what miso is? Have you never had miso soup? No, I don't <gasps> think I ever have. Okay, um, I mean, I get that way more often at like Japanese restaurants than Chinese, but oh, okay. Chinese restaurants a lot of times will have it too. Um, it's a I'm not sure what type of broth it is, but it's a broth that has like uh, a little bit of tofu in it. Oh. Uh, but it tastes really good, um, and I've had it like some places do it better than others. No. But anyways, <laughs> I already so, derailed it. I already derailed it. Um, two I, I guess in. like uh, anyways. <laughs> Hey Matt, what are we talking about this week? What are we talking about? No segue, just what are we talking about? (laughs) So we're talking about comic conventions, uh, specifically uh, how they originated, but also where they've come from, because they started out very different than the comic cons that everyone's used to these days. Yeah. So when you, if someone says, "I'm going to a convention today," what's you don't even have to say comic convention. No, you just say convention. If what do you normally picture? Uh, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. That's typically what I would picture. Yeah. So interesting thing that I've I've found uh, thinking about conventions is most of them will have you know a lot of the ones I've gone to will have like comic influences, but they are primarily just nerdy conventions. Yeah. But they kind of all spawned from San Diego Comic Con. A they lot of them take influence now. Yeah. Because... Um, but it was the other way around. Yes. Actually, which is crazy because I didn't really think yeah. about that. Yeah. So, okay. Nowadays you hear about there someone is, has or is going to start like a Game of Thrones convention. There's a Wheel of Time convention. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also ones for, um, you know, anime. Of course, comic books. Video games. Video games. Tabletop games. I mean... Uh, the, I've even been, so at two of the conventions I've gone to, two other conventions were going on at the same time, like within the same okay, like vicinity. Yeah. It was a little crazy. One of them was a tattoo convention. Ooh, yeah. I've and another was a furry one. Oh, yeah. So too. it's like, 
And you also got to think car conventions. Yeah, there's bike convention. Like there's there's essentially a convention for everything. Because yes. even like because I mean, they also take on a different form as well because they are used for actual like uh, educational purposes and for commerce. Like yes. if you think about it, like uh, you know medical. Uh, products have conventions. CES mm-hmm. is an electronic show for to sell people on the yeah. stuff they're making. Like it's not, it's a retailer convention as opposed to. Yeah. Oh, I I'm mean, going to look at pretty um, shit. Um. So there is a tiny bit of a difference between expos and uh, conventions, but there's a lot of heavy overlap. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, expos are more like geared towards like, you know. Selling stuff. Selling yeah, to but you. even that's changed too. Like yeah. E three was a was used to be. It was called Expo. <laughs> yeah, it had Expo in the name. Then it became a press mm-hmm. event, and then it was more about media. Now it's this weird ass mixture of consumer, yeah, retail. Because now you go and they sell tickets now. Mm-hmm. Like, they sell tickets to just anybody who wants to line up and buy a ticket. They're stupid expensive. But you can But go. they sell them. But, you know, the show's not really designed that way. It's crazy now. Because, like, yeah. it's all blurring together. Like, even Comic-Con yeah. is completely different than Comic-Con was Cause seven years now, ago. Now, um, a lot of things that happen at Comic-Con, news comes out in full force. But yeah. it's, like, news about comics, news about movies, news about TV shows, also news about toys and board games comes out at Comic-Con. And so, like, that has really evolved over the years. Um, Seems like the more that pop culture and nerd stuff has kind of become more synonymous, it's, like, leaked through. Yeah. Which is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Just to note, the very first San Diego Comic-Con started back in 1970. So that's been quite a while. But yeah. that, that But I was going to say, go. that doesn't feel like it's that long. It's like that, not. It feels like it hasn't been around that long. Yeah, I mean, that's only, what, 47 years ago? Yeah. It's not that, not that big of a difference. For such an iconic thing. Yeah. No. Um, so, but San Diego Comic-Con, they had to get their ideas from somewhere. Yes. And if you look at the history, you can kind of see, like, traces of it in, like, the World's Fair. hmm Those are basically giant conventions showing off whatever people wanted at the time. You know, a lot of it was, like, future stuff or, yeah. you know, look at this new technology we're coming out with. Um, but something that even kind of, like, not necessarily predates, but like kind of grew along with it is uh, something you have some information about. Like from the beginning, or San Diego specifically. Oh, just I'm gonna cut co- this out. Conventions. But, well, you what, what's the thing? But you went about? back. Well, no, I was just saving that. I yeah. was just trying to find my spot. But I was gonna. You had said you wanted to go stay here and then go backwards. Yeah. I'm just going backwards now. Do you want to go backwards? <laughs> okay. Yes. That was me saying, you know, that's why I went San Diego. I was confused. Back the, I was so confused what predated that? Way. So, uh, you have this, what, conventions in the 30s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, um, like we said before, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is a, now it pretty much 
resembles anything geek mm -hmm. right uh but the originators like some of the older conventions that kind of started that trend uh were actually very small they were actually more targeted towards um authors um typically like pulp authors or mm -hmm. uh authors of like like lovecraft stuff like that yeah, so um, science fiction type yes. but they yeah. even like the science fiction ones like the first one for instance uh, one of the first, one of the oldest science fiction conventions ever was called Philcon, which is a very <laughs> wonderful name, uh, which was in 1936. And it's P-H-I-L, Phil. Yeah, like literally Philcon. Like <laughs> Phil, which is really funny. Um, now, they mainly met to discuss science fiction, which, uh, you know, fanzines, uh, magazines, and of course, pulps. Uh, yeah. But then uh, 200 guests was the like limit like now we can think of 200 guests fits in the hallway to like go to the bathroom at a san diego okay. <laughs> but but uh but then at the first world science fiction convention uh was in 1939 uh that would become eventually become Worldcon, which is a much better name than it Philcon. is a much better <laughs> name. uh you know so you were thinking like uh edgar rice burroughs hp lovecraft uh robert e howard these were the things they talked about yeah as opposed to, because at the time, you got to think, uh, superheroes were out of fashion. Superheroes mm -hmm. didn't really come back into fashion until a little bit later, which, and they spiked. And they're a very different type of heroes, too. Yes. Um, so, that's really interesting, partly because it's, I feel like it's just been recently that I've been hearing more about conventions that are literary based mm -hmm. not i mean comics are you know something you read but like novels and books mm -hmm. you know yeah um because like i one thing i really want to go to at some point is the robert jordan uh oh yeah mention it's just down in atlanta yeah uh but i really want to go to that and it's funny to think about in my in my mind about like one series having a convention. Yeah. Because so far, most of the ones I've been to are anime conventions or geeky conventions, They're, like, overall. The conventions we go to a lot are broad. Mm -hmm. They yeah. are they are more a genre. They're not... And um, so... They're I, not niches yeah. in, within that genre. Like, so, Buffy would be a... Oh, like, yeah. if you went to a Buffyverse convention, which mm -hmm. I'm almost positive there is, and I oh. forget what it's called, but it's... I don't think it's Buffyverse. But essentially, I'm like, sure a very some, yeah. small sliver, you know, I mean, technically, that's what BlizzCon is. Yeah. It's a small... It's a... Like, a developer has yeah. their own... They are one developer. That's it. Well, like, it's crazy. Um, Funko has now had yeah. their just this past year they had their first really like their convention yeah. which is pretty cool because you know there's um different toy fairs throughout the whole yeah. year and um it's so funny to think about like these more niche conventions are what started it yeah and and so it kind of like start from that they grew because i mean again comic con mm -hmm. used to be comics yeah now it's grown. Yeah. So now we're seeing like these back to the niches again. 
because those I mean it's amazing right so if we look at this one which was mm -hmm. Disclave which was a convention in 1950 uh, it was held by the Washington Science Fiction Association mm -hmm. starting out it had 22 people showed up so few but because they were focusing on they were the niche of yeah. their time right so it was George R. R. Martin would come along later and they would get a little <laughs> bit bigger but you're they, they started they were already doing that niche yeah. thing of like we're going to focus on one writer's work and that's it. And, and then grew over time. Um, I'm you know, saying Disclave is a cool name. It's way better. Anything's better than PhilCon. <laughs> the bar is set really, really low. Um, so, what was that? LunaCon? Skipped? LunaCon, yes. Uh, it was the first science fiction convention in New York. Okay. Um, it ended up being one of the first cons to feature space specifically for anime. Oh, cool. Um, Star Blazers at the time <laughs> was, like, huge. But, again, they were... This isn't, like... It's yeah. crazy to think, because, like, this isn't new. Oh, but no. But it was the 60s that kind of ushered in. And you got to think, the 60s was also really when superheroes came back, like, yeah. roaring back to where, like, oh, my God, they were popular again. And then comics started to become more of an omnipresent mm -hmm. thing. Um, they were kind of looked down upon for a while there because they kind of fell out of the way and you, yeah. work, you, I mean, okay, you were a nerd when you even, read them. Okay, even just when we were younger, it was seen as a thing that only the nerds, the uber nerds went to. Yeah. Now it's more of a, any nerd can go. When I was growing up. You, you can just like one thing and still go and have fun. Yeah. When I was growing up, there was... There was not, it wasn't even like you were looked down upon. Because I was never really looked down upon for being like a nerd. You you didn't like exist. Like that world yeah. didn't exist to those people. Yeah. It wasn't even like they, they didn't know you existed enough to look down on you. Like <laughs> it was like if you went to a convention, you're just like, oh, that's just not my crowd. Yeah. And they didn't even like bother with you. You know, it was it was that kind of thing. And now it's like, it's crazy to look at my Facebook feed. Mm -hmm. and see the people that are cosplaying the people that are like sharing like oh my god i just read this comic yeah the people that oh my god i can't believe i saw guardians I mean, of the galaxy eight times part of this is because of who we follow but part of it is it is just kind of leaking into well no i mean my friend yeah. like people i knew that would have oh, had nothing to do with that when now i now they now they do it. They were on my Facebook feed because I friend a lot of people, but I'm friends with a lot of people that don't give two shits about the things I care about. Yeah. And I mean, to see them now is crazy. Like, I just saw someone that, like, I would have never assumed, and they're, like, cosplaying at a convention. Yeah. And they're, like, I'm, like, what the hell? Like, where did that come from? It's, like, that's crazy. But that's yeah. just how things have changed. But yeah. back then it wasn't like that. So then you have, I mean, there was a bunch of other ones that kind of came in and out, and they mm -hmm. were focused on, again, mostly it was science fiction. Um, Twilight Zone was another one. They kind of, you know, focused on that. Yeah. Comic-Con came around um, in the 70s, yeah. like we talked about. The thing about Comic-Con was, and was one of the best stories about going through this kind of history, mm -hmm. which is really cool, was uh, <laughs> it was kind of, it was a little bit of shadiness. To the beginning of oh, no. Comic Con, not out of like not there was a little of hucksterism, yeah, yeah, because uh, it was essentially a group of people, but there was one in particular that kind of spearheaded, like he wanted to, you know, he wanted to, essentially the story is he wanted to work in comics, mm -hmm. but he couldn't write, he couldn't draw, <laughs> he 
<laughs> he couldn't. And he says it. Like, he admitted it. He was like, I can't. I want to work in comics, but I can't edit. I can't draw. And I can't write. Basically, I have no talent for comics, but I want to be but in this I industry. But I want to be in this industry. And so he was a good networker. And he was kind of a good. So it was kind of like the social media manager of the day. Yes, very much. <laughs> because, um, I mean, like. When I was trying to stay in the board gaming business uh, industry, because it's a great industry mm -hmm. to be a part of, it's so cool and fun. Board games, of course. Yeah. But um, I was looking at like trying to be part of like a social media team or something like that. Yeah. You know. But so that's kind of sort of like. Very much so. Like that would be the perfect media. description for it. Um, and so he convinced them, these other people with him. <laughs> Uh, that he knew like Jack Kirby at the time. Now, the thing is, he called him up on a rotary phone. He called him up <laughs> and he picked up and they talked and they had met. But like, we're talking like, the hell was that? I like I'm trying to beat down the door. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, okay. So they had met. <laughs> I'll cut that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what editing's for. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, but so they, they had met. So they had met, but, um, and, it, and it goes through, it's actually really interesting, so I'll put this in the show notes, it's mm -hmm. a really good Rolling Stone article. But in any case, uh, he ended up taking this group of, of people to his house. Like, Jack Kirby's house. Yeah. Sorry, someone was banging on the door. Our door? Okay, so they met... Um, but what was cool is he ended up taking these people to their house. Mm -hmm. And, like, Jack Kirby evidently was, like, the nicest guy. So, like, he showed them around his house. He did, like, <laughs> sketches for them. He oh, talked so about cool. all his books. But one of the coolest things, which would kind of pretty much go on, uh, he agreed to go to their first convention. They had set it up at this hotel basement. It was, the first Comic-Con oh was in gosh. the basement of an old, kind of run-down-ish hotel in a, kind of a bad neighborhood. <laughs> Uh, and, um, so they, they asked him like, Hey, will you be a guest? He said yes. But then they had been debating on whether to limit the convention to just comic books or oh make it goodness. more expansive. And Kirby told them they should include everything that fans like and that it would be a lot more fun and a richer experience if we included these other things like film and science fiction and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that advice has pretty much informed the rise of Comic-Con because, you know, Comic-Con, yes, it was it was about comics, but one of the reasons why it's exploded like it has is mm -hmm. because it was always open to all the other things. It, it was a, it was a, not a, safe haven is not the word I'm looking for, but it was a haven essentially for any type of geekery. You could go there and you knew at least you'd find something. And that's crazy that that like came from, like part of that is Jack Kirby. Like yeah. one of the many yeah, that, things Jack Kirby has to do. Cool. Uh, yeah, it also was not a nonprofit at the very beginning, and they told someone it was to get them to, to, get, to get them to appear. Uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Very so, interesting. Um, after like finding out how conventions started, I was like, so what inspired conventions in the first place? Because I'm like, this has to go back deeper oh, than yeah. that. So while researching, I discovered that like. A lot of the people kind of got ideas from them from like the World's Fair and World Expositions, which are shortened to World's Expos. Yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, so like the very first um, World's Fair 
happened in 1790. Wow. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. That's like now several hundred years yeah. back. 1790s. What was before that? What inspired these? Because like, so the first one um, was in Prague. Um, and um, a lot of it was about like different uh, manufacturing methods that they've discovered and wanted to implement and you know send out about the world and so I was like okay these also had to come from something else and so while searching for that I discovered that um, something that goes back a little bit farther are the um, Okay, it has the French word here, which I cannot pronounce, so I'm just going to say what it's in English. The <laughs> <laughs> Exhibition of Products of French Industry. So again, another French yeah. uh, thing, but it's industry. Yeah. Mechanics and stuff. Um, so I found it really fascinating. For like so many years, a lot of this was just, what's new in our world? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, but still... That's still in the 1700s. Surely something inspired these big gatherings of people to come yeah. together and, like, talk about stuff. So I kept looking and I kept looking. And finally I discovered that, like, those took inspiration from, like, fairs that happened during the medieval era. Okay, yeah. Because a lot of times those were things that happened once a year or either during like big holiday times. Yeah. People got together, had fun, people set up booths, showed their wares and their new stuff. And also how to not get polio. Um, I mean, <laughs> probably not, but okay. Um, <laughs> and... So now, you know, we've gone back to the medieval ages. I'm like, thing though, people have been having celebrations forever. What predates medieval times? And apparently they got like the ideas for their festivals and fairs from um, like ancient Greek and Roman uh, celebrations. Yeah. That were a lot of times connected to religious holidays. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it, it's essentially just a gathering of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. so I found it really fascinating that this thing that we do now can find its roots in ancient beliefs, like religious beliefs. Yeah. Kind of funny to think about because how many people would you say their religion is almost more the things they follow than, like, any actual, like, religion. Like, they know everything about this oh, series gotcha. or this creator. Yeah. You know. Especially nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. The, Not back you know, then. No. But nowadays. Now. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, because, honestly, a lot of my friends, their beliefs may have been strong in high school for, like, you know, mm -hmm. whatever religion they grew up. But, kind of waned, but... They're, like, really almost, like, hardcore into some of these things that they love. Yeah. That, like, kind of mimics mm -hmm. almost, you know... That same level of... Uh... Devotion. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Um, and also, some of the worship of some of the creators and stuff out there is scary. It's a little... Like, yeah. you can... <laughs> calling it worship isn't... 
far from no, like, it's not. No, especially uh, in, know, in some cases. Um, Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen. Yeah, that's what we're not discussing. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I do find it really interesting that we went from, you know, religious holidays to, hey, check out all my wares, to, hey, look at all this new technology, to, hey, look at all these books. Yeah. To, you know. Hey, here's a bunch of entertainment. Yeah. Because now, I mean. Really, it's entertainment. It's world escapism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's always been entertainment, but now it's like more it's entertainment for entertainment's sake purely yeah yeah because even with the world's fair and stuff those i'm sure were very entertaining especially for the people who want to go to them yeah but they were also very very educational about like actual like mathematics and sciences and engineering feats and there's also the thing though i feel like in the last like what 30 years that like with like the way the world is I see a lot of these as I'm going to dive into something completely wholeheartedly just to get away from my normal life. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, I there's mean, not... I, I will be one of the first to admit that one of the reasons why I read so much is because I can forget about whatever <laughs> shitty stuff is going yeah. on and focus on what's going on in the book. Sometimes it's shitty stuff going on in the book, but it's not happening to me. Yeah. Like, there are, there are, especially now with, like, the way interactive mediums are mm-hmm. and how much there is. Like, yeah. back then, you went to the fair for a couple of hours, maybe a day, yeah. to a, to inter- get entertained, yes, but to also, you know, pass time, mm-hmm. occupy yourselves, get out of space. Because, I mean, it was still the same crap. I and mean, there's still jobs, yeah. taxes. I mean, all the same stuff still around, right? Politics. Wars. Oh, my God, someone's getting murdered on the other side of the wall. Yeah. Like, all that stuff. And now, though, it's just the sheer amount of it because yeah. they didn't have, you know, they didn't go home and like, oh, it's Twitter. Like, they were on yeah. Twitter at the fair they, while you know, go movie. home, okay, I need to tend to the cattle, the yeah. sheep, It's constant goats. now. Yeah. Like, you rarely pass them on without an iPad or an iPhone, like, near, or, like or next to them. Or Samsung. At or any age. <laughs> like, it's just, it's crazy now. So, yeah, I um, feel like, especially now that level of devotion has increased tenfold just because of the availability yeah it's accessible because okay so so funny thing but you know you're mentioning seeing people that you knew a while ago Mm -hmm. and how their interests have changed or gotten more into things that you wouldn't have they're just more accepting i feel like or they're just more accepting more open maybe more open too maybe they liked it before and they just didn't feel comfortable with it so um Weird thing for me, weird and funny, is my high school reunion is next year. Oh, first one? Yeah. Oh, five year, okay. No, ten. They didn't do a five. Oh, they didn't do a five. Yeah, they didn't do a five. Gotcha. If they did, I didn't get the memo. Your first one. My, yeah. So, as and from what I can tell from the Facebook page, it is the first one. So, ten year reunion coming up, the president... You know, class president mm-hmm. made a page so we can all know when nice. it's coming up. Yeah. And we can, like, try to plan it, which is cool. So, it's also really interesting just seeing how much people have changed in 10 years. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I am not the same person that graduated at all. <laughs> no, I get that. Um, I... I I am also one of those that's more open about how geeky I am. I mean, I never hid it. But I now practically shout it on the yeah, internet. Yeah, I was gonna say you pretty much wear it on your sleeve. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm wearing a flash. A flash hoodie. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, I wore graphic shirts then, but it grew. But also, the area I grew up in, we didn't have much access to different nerdy things. Yeah. Like, my easiest access was books. Why I'm more of a book nerd than anything else. Mm -hmm. But, like, if I wanted any animes or anything or um, mangas to read or comics, we didn't have a comic store. The only comics you could find were, like, the occasional ones at, like, Walmart or something. Wow, yeah. Or you had to drive Jeez. way too far away. Yeah. Because this was also before the age of Amazon. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, Amazon didn't really take off until I was in college. Yeah. And still, it wasn't really accepted until, you know, halfway through. Because I still remember people being like, you order stuff online? Yeah, I know. What? There was, there was what? still I still have that weird stigma with clothes. I don't yeah. know what it is. Like, there's a thing where I won't order clothes online unless, like, I well, really, really, really want Okay, it. I feel like that's okay because, I, me personally, I hate shopping for clothes because it's hard to find things that fit properly, but also that means I don't want to buy something if I have no idea if it's going to fit yeah. properly or not. Yeah. Exactly. Like, so, but yeah. that stigma still exists in some weird yeah. ways. Just people's... Yeah, it's all subjective. But so, anyway. um, but anyways... One of the reasons why I'm more open about how nerdy I am is just because, like, my nerdiness has grown because I've had more access to it. Yeah. Growing up in the tiny town and not having much money, I didn't have access to travel to a different city to go to a convention, or let alone put together cosplays. Yeah. No, I didn't go. I didn't go to my first convention either, but until I was in college, I went to Wizard World, and I want to say that was. Was that, that had to be in college. I think it was in college for me, yeah. too. Like, it, it just didn't happen in our... I imagine it did. Looking back, I'm sure there was one in a hotel yeah. or something like that. But I didn't know of them. It wasn't like... I was, at the time, I wasn't really in that circle. And so... The, the closest thing you could have gone to thing like that, where I was at, was like specific clubs in school. Like, um, I think it was during my junior year, someone made an anime club. Oh, okay. We had a book club, you yeah. know, that we met with the librarians and stuff, which they loved me. Aww. Um, God, and I wasn't part of any club. <laughs> I was a part of way too many clubs. But so, like, the clubs was the closest thing you could get to while in school. Out of school, I guess the closest thing would probably be, like, the theater community scene, oh, okay. you know, and yeah. all that. Because, I mean, where you find theater, you find nerds. Yeah. It may be a wide range, but there's going to be some nerds at yeah. theater. Um, Absolutely. Uh, even if it's just, you know, really big into musicals, that's still a type of nerd. I was going to say, I was in choir for yeah. years. So, I mean, I, I was, we were like, and then I was in band before that. I was yeah. all types of nerd. But, like, for me, there was always, whenever I moved, because I moved around a lot mm -hmm. as a kid. So, I'd be like a different place like every year. But... I always knew where the comic store was. Yeah. Like, in almost every place, there was a comic store. Luckily enough, there was almost always a comic store. And I used to ride my bike there. And I used <laughs> to, like, pick up... I was really big in the trading cards at the time. But I was the same where, like, I didn't... I didn't necessarily, See, I got like, my Pokemon cards at Walmart. Yeah. And that's fine. Because we didn't... I don't actually... We didn't have a Walmart really close to us. It was the opposite. We See, had a comic our, store really close. See, our, the closest Walmart was 30 minutes away. But yeah. the nearest comic store was, like... 45 minutes to an oh, hour God. away? Yeah, ours was up the road. Yeah. I used to ride my bike there and go grab and like It was no, awesome, it was, but... It was like, no, Walmart was so far away, we didn't buy ice cream during the summer unless we were planning on like eating it on the way home because <laughs> oh. unless we took a cooler, it wouldn't be melted by oh, the time we poo, got home. Poo, 
uh, had an ice cream maker though. So okay, so what was your curious? Because we were talking about conventions. Yeah. Do you remember your first convention? Like, wh- oh how, yeah, what was so, it? So uh, my first convention ever was um, that was nerdy because technically I went to a leadership convention when I was in uh, high school because I was in the youth leadership. Club. Oh okay. Uh, but that doesn't really count. No, I don't know. Uh, also, that was more of an expo, anyways. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyways, actually, no, it's more of a conference. Okay. Another big thing. <laughs> anyway. No one was challenging. Well, you. no, I was. I was upset at myself. I'm like, no. If no, you were listening no. to that, you probably were like, oh, he's like, no, it's not really. No, I didn't say anything. <laughs> just, just all, all over, all her. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, leadership conference. So, anyways, <laughs> no, it was. I was in college. Um, and I went to MTAC, uh, Middle oh, Tennessee okay. Anime yeah. Convention, here in Nashville. And I, at the time, I lived in Chattanooga. And it was also during an Easter weekend, because it's always during an Easter weekend. Yeah. And it was the first time I wasn't going home to my mom for Easter, which was kind of a big deal. But I went there with Kay, and we had a blast. Like, it was a ton of fun. It was huge and big. And there were lines everywhere to get into the panels yeah. and stuff. And, like, I remember we sat in front of a door one time for, like, over an hour just waiting to get into this one panel yeah. because the line was that long. Yeah. Um, and our cosplays are pretty good, but, like, it was also the first ones we had really done. So, you know, our other ones later on were better and yeah. stuff. But it was... I remember also like seeing the people from things you know cos you know yeah. cosplayers and being like oh 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 look it's the doctor or oh look it's this comic character yeah. or you know at the time we were dressed as Homestucks um, because Homestuck was still really big yeah. back then that was also when you couldn't go in uh, a foot within a convention and not run into someone in gray paint um, so. It was really cool having all the homestucks recognize us right away yeah. and like take us in as a family. No, that's cool. That was yeah. really surreal. Yeah. Um, that these random like these strangers all of a sudden like just accept you and yeah. welcome you in. Because yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's and that's one of the I mean, that's one of those things that attracts people. Yeah to conventions you're just going to be around a bunch of like-minded individuals and for so however many hours you're there you don't have to explain why you like something you don't have to justify it to anybody you are just there and everyone love what you love and no one gives a shit well no one's supposed to give a shit now you get people dicks who are just like you know now now you go and there is a little bit of that like you feel like you have to like justify it again. Somehow made a weird ass circle all the way back around. And but it depending sucks. on like what panels or what <laughs> groups you're part of. Yeah. Because I meant one thing I've learned now is I loved Homestuck. I still like Homestuck as a whole, but I don't want to cosplay it at a convention again because yeah. like now most of the people that are really into it are way younger than me. Ah. Uh, I'm okay with not hanging around a bunch of teenagers. Yes. Yeah. Because um, it's that cycle, right? Because now yeah. a whole new generation has discovered it. Exactly. And, you know, it's like... Also, uh, some of them, when they discovered they were still young, cause, but, like, the age gap is bigger now. Yeah. Because I was, like... I was still in my teens. I think I was, like, 19 when we went. So if they were, like, 15, that didn't feel that much of a difference. Yeah. 
But now if they're 15 and I'm 26. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you feel it. I get it. Yeah. Um, that makes total sense. So it's, you know, that's also kind of leaked into like, who do I want to cosplay? I kind of want to cosplay more adults instead of kid characters, but I love so many like teenage characters. I don't know. But if you cosplay the teenage characters, more teenagers are gravitating towards you, which is not fun. I mean, it can be okay, but it can also be not okay very quickly. Yeah. No, I totally get um, that. And that's just age gap. And that happens, like, even outside of cosplay. Like, it oh, just yeah. happens with fandom in general. Yeah. Like, you get a whole other group of people. I mean, especially now with the movies. Oh, yeah. Especially now that movies have, and not just superhero movies, like, mm -hmm. the genre has lent itself to, oh, I yeah. mean, I mean, if you look at the release calendar for this year, right, you got video game movies, book movies, comic book movies, like, everything <laughs> yeah. started from one of those things nowadays, it seems. Like, every other movie is that. So, you're going to get a whole new generation or that remake. only knows that. Yeah. And so now when you go to that convention and you're like, oh, I'm the, you know, whatever. Oh, well, I am too. But yeah. there, there's a giant age yeah. gap now. So now it's like I'm totally cooler with the older nerds at the place because they're probably more um, my age or at least my maturity than the 15-year-olds yeah. running around. Yeah. Um, but we need the 15-year-olds. We need them too. In the, in the genre. Yeah. No, we do. We need them. We need them. We need it because that's but... the only way it's going to survive. Cause, exactly. Yeah. All the old um, fans are going to go away But, you know, more. they don't have to accept me because, you know what? Back then, I, I've always been okay with being a nerd. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I was a lot more shy about my nerdiness, kind of like I've already said. Yeah. I'm not anymore. I don't need a bunch of teenagers to accept me to no. feel okay about my nerdiness. No. <laughs> Uh, no, you were correct. Yeah. That, I, I got over, I think I got over that. I'm trying to remember exactly That's also one of those things that, that I feel more and more confident every year. Yeah. Like, I kind of reach where I went from, like, being okay to being cool to being, yeah, I'm good. You know what? So I, now it's just, shit, yeah. Like, whatever. I found that at every job that I've had. Like, every job that I've had, I go in and it's like... You also have had some really nerdy jobs. I have had nerdy jobs, but even, like, the ones that are, like, in an office mm -hmm. or FedEx or when I worked at UPS or whatever. Yeah. Like, those jobs that don't necessarily lend themselves to, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to have, like, I'm going to talk about geeky stuff or whatever. Yeah. I've always found, though, like, I worked at a, uh, it was the, um, it was, like, the IT and creative side of the Methodist Church. I worked in an <laughs> office I was an administrative assistant, I think, or whatever. I think mm -hmm. that was my job. but Or I was an assistant IT something or whatever. And so I would, like, upload the product images to our site. Like, a mm -hmm. lot like sort of hobby in that respect. Like, yeah. I was that. I was ran the database and shit. And, um, but I had, at the time, mini-mates were huge. And so I had, like, a shitload of mini-mates, like, all over my desk. <laughs> but I would keep them hidden. Like, yeah. I would hide them behind things, and so it became, like, a running thing of, like, I would have it behind a frame, or I'd have it <laughs> by a plant, whatever, and I had all these little things, and, like, people started noticing it or whatever. But then, it's like, so they start asking like you questions. Nerd. They ask you questions. So, like, yeah. well, who is that? What, what are these? So, I would go and launch into a whole spiel. Yeah. And then, I would change them out, like, every week. So, mm -hmm. it was, like, it then became, like, a running <laughs> thing, and they all knew my desk was, like, the nerdy one, yeah. and then, like... I'm every job though I've done that with I've worked at a medical 
facility, worked at Vanderbilt, worked at somewhere else. And these places that aren't really that kind of environment. They're more, yeah. you know, the, the more of the haughty, like, yeah. whatever. Okay. And I've, How, you still play with toys? Yeah, it's that, it's that yeah. attitude, right? Because, okay, I'm... Like what you like, yeah. But there are a lot of people that are still like you play with toys. Oh yeah. I mean, also you. We both love cartoons. Oh yeah. I don't know how often I've still today like. Well, that's cartoon is for kids. Yeah. And I'm like um, and they they may not know I like it. Yeah. But um, I'll be like um, it's actually a really good show. It's really well produced. Good stories. Yeah. Um, I watch it and they're like, oh oh oh, I'm sorry. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you should, shouldn't like See, look down on things like that. I, cause I, I got like I've I mean, gotten that. Like yeah. I've, I've, I've gotten that. The thing I've always done is I, what I always end up doing is just embrace it. Yeah. And eventually, I'll wear you down. Like uh, I will never be the one that gets worn down as far as liking something, cause that just brings enjoyment yeah. to me. I will wear. I, it's a mantra of mine. Like I will. I will win you over by the time this is done. And so I go, yeah, but, you know, I'm pretty much 12 years old in a, you know, 35-year-old's body. And they'll roll with it and they'll laugh. And then over time, I'll put a little thing on your desk. There was this one lady where I used to put a toy on her desk. I would switch it out and be like, and I would sneak it. So I would do it like in the morning when I got there. Is this what led you to like take things from Brian's desk? Yeah, I would hide it and then it'd be like, oh, and then eventually like someone left it on their desk because she wanted it. She was like, oh, he's he's right here. And they took care of it. And all of a sudden it became more than, oh, it's some weird thing that that guy over there does. And it it became... It became a yeah. like a, a tangible like oh he brings me joy like, okay yeah. yeah so eventually geekdom wins every time. <laughs> so something you said that's I feel like defines like being a geek and liking some of the stuff we like is it brings us joy yeah and that's why we like it makes you smile. Who cares why brings you joy? Yeah. Um, I wish more people would just be more willing to bring joy into their life with silly little things it's it's just one of those things like if you're you know look you want to collect things because of the money it'll be worth or whatever go do what you do none of this shit in here everything's open right because it's like i like it so it also makes me think of you know that whole i can't think of what is but like the idea of when cleaning pick up a thing and ask yourself does this bring me joy yeah if it doesn't, get rid of it. Yeah. If it does, keep it. You know, it doesn't have to be toys. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be books or comics or art. But, you know, if it brings you joy, enjoy it, like it, love it. And also don't down on people who do find joy in toys. Yeah, you know, that's what's wrong with it. You know? Or cartoons. Like, is it bothering you? Like, it's, it's yeah. always like you watch, you know, like I, but then again... I've tended to look at things like I don't do that in any case. Like I don't yeah. look at if like someone likes a certain drama. No, on TV. I may I may be like, you sure? Yeah, no, okay, I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm but guilty of looking. It's almost like, always only to friends. It's too. always yeah. It's mostly I, to give you shit. It's yeah, not about. Yeah, it's like because I have to have something to pick yeah, on you about. It's like, not legit. It's not a genuine like. Like ugh. My, one, you have two things that I'm like, meh, meh. Who me in general? Yeah. Uh, Olaf and Minions. I'm like, really, Matt? That's it, though? I swore one of them was going to be WWE. Yeah, I... I so <laughs> people, uh, see, um, I've known people that have been in love with it for okay. years, so... 
you know, you're you're just another one, but I look I, at I take that Olaf to work and I look at him and he makes me smile. See, I, I do get I do get that. And you know what? Anytime I see Olaf or Minion, you know what I think of? I think of you. Oh. And it makes me smile. <laughs> see him? King Bob. Yep. King Bob's head yeah. holding it up a little bit. Yep. As I so, point to my giant know, King Bob it, with Christmas lights. So you know, because of you, something that ordinarily would not bring me joy does because it's connected to you. See? Boom. But I do like to tease you about it. Well, that's fair. It's yeah. wor- it's tease worthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's tease worthy. As is my love of like Golden Girls, as is my love of gummy bears, see, as is I, my love. Those are all good I things though. I love your love of Golden Girls. <laughs> I entered into one of Funko's uh, giveaways because yeah. they're giving all the girls and girls as dorks. And I quoted, I made a quote from oh, the thing because nice. they were like, Who's your favorite golden girl? I was like, Sophia. It is the uh, deceitful little Sicilian gecko, Sophia. And if I don't win for that quote, that's going to suck. Like, Funko's, that, really? You're not going to give that to me? They better give that to me. I'm pissed. Um, but so, anyways, conventions. Um... I think it's cool that there are so many and that they are becoming more accessible. And a lot of them now are having where certain parts of it you can like remote view. Yeah. Which is nice because um, sometimes they're across the country and you may not be able to fly there, but you may still want to find out the information or, you know, check out the cool things that are going on. Especially video game shows. Video yeah. game shows are now almost streaming all of it and you're like, do, why do I have to go? <laughs> like, I mean, there's still the atmosphere of being there and again yeah. being around like-minded people yeah um but i mean one of the reasons why i do go to conventions is because a lot of times there's cool panels yeah and so it's nice to know that you know i may not have to miss every cool panel out there i can watch a few of them it was pretty cool to sit in a rob paulson panel of that gmx that one yeah. year yeah and it was I mean, like me and like 10 people and we're in that room and like you get to oh listen my, to this dude. seriously like what? it was it was See, like 10 people um i i think i was i think i was there that year were you uh because was that the same year well billy west was there the same year rob paulson was one time okay so but i went to everything billy west was in they did have a few overlapping pants yeah. which is also that might have been why yeah but um just being in the same room as Billy West and hearing him speak in person was so cool. <laughs> For those who uh, don't know his voice, uh, Google him and you'll know his voice instantly. But one of his most notables for me is Fry and uh, like half the cast from Futurama. Which is, yeah. Pretty, that's like yeah. when you. He, uh, he's most of the cast from that's Futurama. That's like if you talk to like Seth MacFarlane, you're a Family Guy fan. You're yeah. like, yeah, I'm meeting half the cast because he yeah. does half the voices or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but, like, it was so, it was just... Like, Conventions are... I feel like you should go to at least one if if you don't. Like, if, you, if you're not a big convention goer, you should at least go to one. And you can go to a smaller one. A lot of times you can find ones that are just starting up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Kay and I went to a fried pie con, yeah. you know, two years ago. Uh, we would have gone to this past year's if it had been closer. Yeah. <laughs> um... We're hoping we'll be able to go to our next one, but like it was small, but it was great and some amazing yeah. artists there. I mean, Brendan Fletcher was there and he was so cool. I'm still nice. jealous. 
still jealous. I think I want to go to uh, the I Knoxville one this year, Fan Expo, because hmm. um, there's a there's a couple people that are going there, to it. There's also a toy one up in Kentucky, not that far away. That the I, Lexington one. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard like about to go that. There. Yeah, it looks cool. That does look cool. I would love to go to like a toy centric. Oh, I would love show. to go. I have yet to go to one. Like I've gone to. Comic ones have gone yeah. to like something like GMX where it's kind of yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, but I've never gone to like a toy specific one, and that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. See, I've gone to anime, comic, and just all around geekiness yeah. ones. But I've never gone to like a toy one, and oh. that would be cool. Like I that love would, toys so much. To be reliving my childhood and being like, I'm gonna buy that figure because I owned it. I'm gonna buy that figure because I owned it. I would be coming home with that. Okay, so much I got that at um, at Goodwill one time. You know, you know how they will have these bins full of like little yeah. net toys. I found some old like McDonald's and Burger King toys that I'm like, I have this toy. Yeah. And I bought it for like those uh, a couple cents. But... Those 101 Dalmatian. Yeah, uh, carts, I had a lot of those. I, yeah, I I loved those at the yeah, time. Yeah, the ones that I ended up buying were some of the like. Um, I think it was like Animal Planet or something, but like there's a little buffalo and a little bear and stuff like that and uh, a little tiger and um, I got like the little buffalo because I had Aww. I bought so, a few other things too. But. So in closing, mm-hmm. what is like in your eyes, what do you mm-hmm. want to see conventions do more going forward? Oh. Or if there's anything that you um, would like to see them so... do more. I do really love the ones that are just kind of open to anything mm-hmm. a lot, um, but I kind of wouldn't mind seeing a few more niche ones pop up, yeah. just because it's funny to think that that's where they came from. Yeah, um, and that would be full circle. Um, but also, like, because of the internet mm-hmm. and the availability of certain things and also because of what's going on in, you know, our culture as a whole with, like, the movies and stuff, mm-hmm. you could go to a convention probably just on, like, The Flash. Yeah. Instead of oh, tons easy. of people. hmm And you know what? I would do probably go to a Flash convention. Yeah. Um, it's funny to think about that, but, again, like, I'm sure you could also fill a room with people that are just fans of like the MCU yeah. like the cinematic Marvel universe you know it doesn't even have to be the comics just the mm. Marvel cinematic um but I also would like to see more of the like remote viewing yeah just because there are there are still kids like mm-hmm. I was out in the middle of nowhere that may now have internet access but can't necessarily afford to drive out and see everything. Yeah. And also, if you can kind of, like... That might be kind of a good gateway into, as well, to, like, yeah. see what goes on and see if you do want to, like, put yourself out there more and try to plan and go to one of them. Also, then, I just can remote view more of them that I can't afford to go to either. <laughs> I... I would almost like to... I would like to see more... Um, conventions take like like do some different things so like mm-hmm. um, there are a few standards right you got panels yeah. you got autograph sessions you, mm-hmm. have, um, you have the dealers you room. got the dealers are like you have certain things and those aren't going to change anytime yeah. but you know like if it's like if it's a convention um, 
that's okay well let's put it this way let's say it was wizard world here right okay. one here um I, I mean evidently i heard from the last one that it was not great the first one was awesome the first one was really good of, uh gmx less see yeah okay, like i could kinda... more specify like what specific convention should change yeah yeah that would be yeah that would be different um, but like even and for the smaller ones, it probably would be easier to do mm -hmm. something like GMX. Yeah. Actually, let's take GMX. So yes. GMX a couple years ago, I went. Uh, you've mm -hmm. gone more free, more recently yeah. than me. Um, but like they get a eclectic group of talent, right? Yes. So they have kind of a little or bit from ideally, everything. Ideally, yes. Ideally, the, the last year I went wasn't that great. Okay. But the first year I went was wonderful. Second year, pretty good. Okay. Um. But yeah. So an eclectic group of talent you know right? they have you know comic book people they have voice actors yeah. they have people from tv shows like the walking dead or game of thrones so instead of a panel or no mm -hmm. not instead that's the wrong thing in addition to in addition to a a panel or something traditional like that would like to see them kind of like innovate a little bit and go okay what else can we do that would allow a more fluid like back and forth conversation between them and fans mm -hmm. that is something different than you sit behind a table and I'm going to pepper you with questions. Like, so in essence, hey, if Rob Paulson's there, and I'm just using him because yeah. it's fresh in my mind. If Rob Paulson's there and there's a, you know what, let's, um, and you would make it to where you would pay for it or something like yeah. that. You figure out the logistics. But hey, we're going to have, uh, it's going to be like, it's going to be board game night. So we're going to so get a game. What I was what I was thinking, yeah, because I've, is where they have, yeah, games, or it can even be like the mobile games. Yeah. Um, like how to use your words. Yeah. Um, where people can remote in and vote. So they're still a part of it. And they're, you know, voting still makes a difference. But like. Yeah. You know, anyone can kind of play if they get into the room quick enough. And you're then playing with that person. You're playing, and you're, because it's the social yeah. interaction, you're back and forth, and you're talking, you're like, oh my god, I'm actually rolling dice and playing with this yeah. person. That And because, depending on the game, you oh, can make them shorter. Like a giant game of werewolf. Yeah, with like somebody, like, I want to see more of that, like, uh, Power Rangers does it mm -hmm. at, um... At a couple of different conventions with that mobile title. So yeah. they'll get, you know, Peter Sidarso or something, or they'll get Jason David Frank or whatever and go, hey, for so many hours, they're gonna be playing this. And they just bring people in and yeah. you're playing against them and you're able to do smack talk and have fun, yeah. but you're so, like, oh my God, I'm uh, fighting this person. Another example is the last GMX I went to, uh, Tim Sutton. One of the guys from Marble Hornets, who's awesome. Tim, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> we love you. You're great. Um, which he's actually doing some new stuff now. Some of his own oh, stuff. Oh, very again. nice. Very so nice. I'm very excited. Yay, Tim. Um, but he had a time when he was just in the game room playing video games. And people could come play video games See, with him. See, that's so cool to It me. was a lot of fun. Because it just opens up. It, keep, it gets rid of that barrier yeah. of... I'm going to ask you this question. And also, question. depending on the game, people can drop in and out at any time. Yeah. And so, depending on also how many people, mm -hmm. you may need to, like, you have a, you know, limit of We're going to do so many but, rounds of this or yeah. whatever, yeah. Or, like, Smash Bros. You know, we're going to do one, like, five tournament, you know, brawl. Yeah. Or Mario Kart, 
you know, you could do like we're gonna do so many laps. Yeah. You know, you know, segment it, make it to where you can get some a, yeah. a decent amount of people in. But you know, yeah, I just would like them to see you like try and do things like that that break down those barriers yeah. of. So, like some places are still doing it, but you want to see more of it. I want to see more of yeah. it. I think it can be best done by the smaller conventions because mm-hmm. you know they're they're dealing with a smaller pool of talent. Yeah. And not having to coordinate something like that on a huge scale like Comic Con yeah. is a, is a giant thing, you know. That um, that would okay to also depending on who you get. Yes. Will change. Yeah, exactly. How many people like? Um, but also you could have it where some of the proceeds from that goes to charity. Yeah. And you could sell the tickets for a decent amount. You know? Not that I want you to sell them for a decent amount, but like. But why not? Yeah, that's you fine. You could. Like also, if things are going to a specific charity, a good charity, um, a lot of people won't mind paying a little bit more. No. Especially if they're still getting to spend time with And it's with a special type of like. interaction yeah. that you will not get anywhere else. Yeah. So much better than just going through an autograph line. Here's a line. Okay. Yeah. And yes, when I met Bendis in that line, it was still really and, cool. Because I mean, I've uh, met some really cool people just going through line. And depending on the line, you can actually have time to talk. Yes. But... But depending on the line, you're also... You can't. Yeah, you're like, you got to go through. Yeah. Because they got 80 people behind you yeah. and they got to hit. Because, so, like, yeah. um, example, I got to... So, two examples. Both authors, Neil Gaiman and uh, John Scalzi. Mm-hmm. I got to see both of them at, you know, where they read and then mm-hmm. did the signing afterwards. Neil Gaiman's, it was a line and, you know, you kind of just went through. Um, I did get to, like, say a quick word. I planned ahead and I... Because I'm like, I'm only going to have time to say, yeah. like, a sentence. So I told him, I'm glad you exist. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Um, and <laughs> now with Scalzi, they had enough time where we could actually take a picture with them. That's cool. So I got a picture of Scalzi. Yeah. It's really cool. And I've read now so much of his stuff. Makes a difference. Um, yeah. Uh, also, just recommend both of those authors. They're fantastic yeah. authors. Um, but... Whereas, um, now I didn't get a signature from Billy West because you had to pay to get a signature. And the line was so long. I was watching it. People didn't have time to say hi or anything, you know. And those lines like that, I kind of feel sorry for the person. Yeah, I I won't really get in them. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you know what? It's so, not like yeah. it's not worth or, it to me. Or I'll come back when it's a smaller line. Yeah. So again, Tim, when he was there um, with Joseph and Troy for the Marble Hornets things, a lot of times we went when it was like a slow period, and they were there and not that many people, and so we could actually talk to them. Yeah. Or um, when I got some stuff signed by um, the guy who voices Steven Universe mm-hmm. and the person who voices Marceline. Um, I got to, like, say a few words, but not that much. Yeah. You know? But I also went out of time when I knew it was a little bit slower. Yeah. So. It's hit and miss. It's hit and miss. Yeah. But I would just be nice to have a segmented amount of time. Because yeah. then they could block it off and go, okay, from this, this time, time to this, this time. Also, if it is, like, just playing a game or something like that, that might be a little more relaxing than just. Sitting up there, like, okay. Yeah. We're Next question. Trying to, also, if they're known for being funny, trying to be funny the yes. whole time, like you know. trying to be on where yeah. uh, gaming 
prison situations for just silly stuff to happen naturally. And when you talk to like, when you talk to people who go to more, who go to regular conventions, like I've got mm-hmm. a couple buddies who go on a regular basis every yep. year. They at least go to one, if not a couple. And so they t- always talk about how like they get the best time is is after the convention when all the talent hits the bars yeah or hits the restaurants and you can be at the bar with them and they're more you know so outgoing and they're just because they're just talking yeah. they're relaxed so if you can somehow bring some of that into the actual event it'd be okay so saying that that kind of made me think of what maximum fun has kind of done with their thing they have um they rent out like this whole place and people come and stay for like the weekend or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's where there's enough time that the guests and the talent can actually like get to know each other a little bit Uh, same thing with the joko cruise that jonathan colton hosts like because you're all on a cruise together yeah you have downtime where you can just Talk to the people there, yeah. which I really wish which I is could great. go to this year's Joko Cruise. But see, so that's a great way to like yeah. break those barriers. So down. I like th- that. Those are they're able to do that because they're smaller yeah. and tickets sell out. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you hear any of the things for a Maximum Fun Con, like they're like, get your tickets now. They sell out they're fast. Gone. Yeah. And but because they keep it smaller, well, they're, they're able, able to, to do, do different that. things. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. No, I get it. I, I absolutely. I, so that's what I would like to see. Yeah, more of that. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, anything else you want to share before we head off into the sunset? <laughs> Not like forever. That sounded very <laughs> I final. To, I tried to figure out what that accent was. Sunset. <laughs> um... Not, well, not you know, accent. just normal. Hey, check out some of the authors I mentioned. Or, absolutely. you know, if you haven't seen all of Futurama, go watch all of Futurama. Why not? Yeah. Do it. I don't I, have any shout-outs this week. For yeah. Me. Yeah, I'm a little... Uh, I'm marching my way through uh, Persona 5. Uh, and nice. it has been uh, very interesting and I've very been awesome so far. playing more Horizon Zero Dawn, Boom. which, I mean, is a fantastic game. It's been getting lots of awards. It's just, it deserves it. That's my next game to Gamefly, by the way. Oh, that's so good. That one. Um... I've put in, I Fortune think, Bay. like 30 hours, and I'm barely still scratched happy. the surface, but I'm still so happy Ugh. with it. Um, I, I like just like exploring it. the world and stuff. It's so fun. I need um, also, because uh, I just listened to it today, uh, Taz, uh, The Adventure Zone, their new arc is full force now. It's only going to be going for a couple more episodes, but it's really good. It's based on uh, the... Uh, Apocalypse uh, system, the monster of the week. Nice. It's really cool, and I like the characters a lot. And everyone should go listen to it. If you don't like D and D that much, try this other, you know, yeah. story they're doing. Why not? Because um, like the one they did just before this was, you know, superhero themed. Yeah, it, it's a good time to check out to see if you do like the, these good good boys. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, so until next time. Oh wait. <laughs> ha. First, you can find us at ChasingGeek.com and on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to fine podcasts. Um, what app do you use? Um, 
to listen to stuff. I use the because I'm on a uh, iPhone. I mm-hmm. use Apple's. Okay, so thing. You but before use... that, I used to use Podcast Addict on Android, which I really dug. Okay. It was cool. free to use, and then you could just buy for an ad-free experience, which yeah. I ended up doing. So that's one. That's great. Uh, yeah. Stitcher, I Stitcher's believe. Stitcher's another. Uh, Podbean. Slacker Radio. Uh, yeah, Slacker. Um, and also, like, the one I personally use is Pocket Cast. Oh, very nice. So, um, you know, wherever you can find podcasts, you can probably find us. That's very true. And then you can find uh, Jason Geek on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. And then you can find both of us on our own individual places. I'm Pint Size Ginger pretty much everywhere. And I am uh, Matt Mueller CB on Twitter, and that's pretty much where I stay. And then you can always find my articles on comicbook.com. Yep. So now. Until next time, <laughs> keep chasing geek. Ah, oh, deuces, because I can't remember what the hell my old what, my new tagline was. Dibbity doo da or something like yeah. that. Damn it! Oh well, deuces. Fine, fine. Go oldie but a goodie. We'll go with that. Bloop. You hate it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Scoop. But wait, there's more. So because I'm a kind of a goober and <laughs> have gotten behind in some of the episodes, uh, this episode is going to be a special two-parter because we have a great discussion uh, with one of the friends of the show, and you probably heard us uh, mention her before, Kay, and we're going to talk about some other things, so get ready for another full Fantastic! Yes, I use that word, and that's corny as hell. But it doesn't matter, because you know what? Damn it, it's our show. We can say whatever we want. So, stay tuned for the next episode right now. And welcome to another episode of Chasing Geek with me, Selena Gotti, and co-host... No, damn it, Night of Boa. Okay, I well, I'm so used to saying Night of Boa. Matt Mueller, CB. Yeah, and so, um, after talking about them for... Ever, we finally have like my best friend here, Kay. Hi, I'm Kay. And um, so, um, since Kay is new to this, you know, a lot of times we just kind of at first talk a little about, bit about what's going on in our life. Matt, how are you? I am good. Um, it really does feel like uh, you are like an honorary third member of the I know. Of the I, I wasn't until I was re- like listening through it because Selena was like, I mentioned you a lot. Yeah. You mentioned me a lot. She's not kidding. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, we've been friends for over eight years. We do a lot of stuff together. So, not only are you, like, my best friend, no. we have a lot of history together now. We do. It's been a very long time. Yes. So, um, like, we've even lived together for four years and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it, Yeah, it was four years. Three years. No, three years. Three years. Three years. That's a credit to that's a credit to your guys' friendship because as I told you when I had a roommate, I lasted or he sorry that's that's wrong he lasted three <laughs> months that's he lasted three months and then he literally was like I can't do this and we're still friends to this day but he was like if our friendship is gonna survive I gotta yeah sometimes you, sometimes you need to do that sometimes you can't live with someone. and I was a jerk yeah. I, I was totally deserved like he had every right to yeah. leave because I was an awful roommate and like there were times when things you know happen and stuff, but if you're a good friend, you work through it. See, I'm a delight and a treasure, so (laughs) (laughs) it's honored to live with me. I don't know what shit you're talking about. Also, it helps that some of our, um, as other people may see, bad habits kind of are the same. So they're the same bad habits. Yeah, so we cohabitated very, um, 
easily. Yeah. Because it's like, I can't get mad at you about this because I'm doing the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of a hypocrisy test at all times. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree. But, yeah, we're, I mean, we're still friends. And, actually, you now live alone. I do. I live completely by myself. Well, I have a dog. You're, I have a horrible gremlin dog that barks at everything. He's so adorable. He's terrible. What kind so, of dog? He's half Maltese and half Poodle. And he's oh my lord! Probably he's, he's probably the rudest, worst man <laughs> um, of all time. He barks at literally everything and everybody. Oh, what's his name? Her. Dexter. His Dexter. name is Dexter. Yeah, but hey, that means it's harder for things that go bump in the night to surprise you. No. No? <laughs> it just means that everything that goes bump in the night, um, Dexter wakes me up in a panic over... See, it's the opposite, because you don't know what's real and what's just him barking at dust. Like, yes. Yeah, I get yeah. Yes, so, for example, um, since I was preparing for this week's topic, I was yeah. reading a lot of spooky things last night, because that is what I'm here to discuss, and... Um, after staying up way past my bedtime reading things that shouldn't be read, um, <laughs> I kept getting woken up at like two in the morning by my dog going at like this low growl, and I'd wake up and he'd be tense and he'd be like looking at my bedroom door or like oh, staring at the window, and um, so and a couple times I even like I got out of bed and I had to like double check there wasn't anyone like in my kitchen because he seemed very convinced there was someone in my kitchen. <laughs> Um, no. Only for me to discover this morning, my door was unlocked all night. Which is horrifying to think about since you were so... Yeah. Oh. Um, and I mean, I kind of have a patio full of Christmas lights right now, so it's like there's a giant glowing sign that says, like, someone lives here. Um, <laughs> Though, like, it also screams someone lives here and is here now. Yeah. I, I think sometimes it would be better to be not there now if someone comes into your apartment. True. <laughs> the worst they can do if I'm not there is take my laptop. Maybe the, but as the internet has taught me, they could get a lot more creative if I'm actually it's there. true. <laughs> and and Ethan makes fun of me because like we live on like the like we're not on the true second floor, but mm -hmm. we are on the second floor, mm -hmm. and like so the balcony is not connected to the front. Yeah. But I check like I am I am ridiculously paranoid about like locking doors mm -hmm. having windows sealed and stuff like I've just always been that way yeah. so like I'll go check the patio door like every <laughs> night like make sure it's locked or whatever she's like so do you think our thieves are spider-man because they're literally <laughs> going to web up on the second floor I said well here's the thing I thought about this in my head mm -hmm. that someone could come from the front stairs mm -hmm. grapple hook to the thing because you can't reach it. There's no wall right. guarding that. Mm -hmm. So I have thought of scenarios in my head well, that this could I happen. I will say at least once since I moved in, I've only been in my apartment for about a month, um, I did have my dog freak out and I was in the shower and he was freaking, freaking out. Oh. And I was like, okay, well, eventually I, you know, I got out of the shower and I went to go see what he'd been barking at for about 20 minutes. And um, there was a silhouette of someone on my balcony because oh. there was definitely someone on my balcony it was a maintenance person, and they were painting my building. Oh, shit. But <laughs> they should have told, like, did, was there, did they? Did you say he should have told they, you? They, I thought they, he meant the dog. <laughs> like, I mean, he did. That is. <laughs> he tried his best. <laughs> no, but, like, the maintenance man should have, like. There was a general notice that they were going to be painting. I didn't, it didn't put together in my head that they would have to get onto my balcony and that they would do so 
with a ladder from the outside is and, and not actually my apartment. tell you, hey, we're painting right now your place. Right. So that's what. Uh, I, that, that's bad on them. Yeah, but I mean, I don't have my my apartment. No, they just gave but... me a hundred dollars for a Christmas light contest. <laughs> yeah, which I helped you with. <laughs> yes, Selena helped me win a Christmas light contest. It was great. Um, but yeah, so um, so yeah, spooky things. So um, do you regret your horrible fascination for the spookiness at times? Uh, I don't. Well, regret. I will say I, I definitely wake up some mornings and think that it would have been probably good to stop earlier into <laughs> a um, sort of deep internet horror binge, mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of hard to regret something that, you know, I genuinely like. Yes, um, because, so, um, we're going to be talking about it a little bit more in depth in a minute, but, like, we've thought about trying to do, like, some of the, like, Found video footage, yeah. footage and stuff ourselves. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, there was a time I, I actually ended up blocking out a found footage, like, series. I, I got... It was it was gonna be like a short, like a limited series, but like mm -hmm. I had actually like beat beaded out the little like beginning, middle, end, all the plot twists. Um, the only way, reason we didn't do it is at the time, um, it's kind of hard with found footage because your actors are also your camera people, yeah. you know, and I didn't have someone that I thought fit both roles that had a schedule that I could depend on. Yeah. And it was very, um, the one I did, it was, um, it was based on a very specific area of campus and we, I wrote it towards the end of our grad, you know, we were so, graduating. Oh, so, so we the now, time wasn't, yeah. Okay. So, we so we now lost access. Like we could do it, but there's a chance we would we, definitely we get in trouble. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Okay. We could trespass, but it was like at my, it was at the old dorms and I'm like, I cannot. The ones we lived at, yeah. you know. So, and there was, like, another one that I played around with while that was, like, actually in the quote-unquote Slenderverse back when that was mm -hmm. the trendy, hip thing for YouTubers <laughs> to do was, like, make Slenderman series mm -hmm. in the style of ripping off Marble Hornets. Um, yeah. I did think of one I wanted to do, but I decided I didn't really want to enter and, that sort of... Um, and, like, I am still totally open to doing something creepy at some point in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I like writing horror stuff. Um, I've contributed to some of these things yes. poorly. Um, I, I wrote a no-sleep thing once um, yeah. on Reddit, so, but it didn't. I mean, it it's fine. Tell us a little bit more about some of these things that you uh, spiral into in the middle of the night. Okay, so um, my it's funny because my main fascination is, um, well, just a side note, I once had a co-worker ask me, they said, what, what three things would you say you have like knowledge on, like <laughs> comprehensive knowledge on, and I couldn't think of an answer for a really long time. Later, I came back. I was like, Power Rangers and bugs and internet horror stories, and he's like, That's not the answer I expected. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer I would expect yeah. from you. But um, but I know you. But it's funny though, because even people who know me don't really expect me to know all the quote unquote creepy pasta and other internet urban legends because I actually like I don't watch horror movies ever yeah. really yeah I it's not that I'm averse to them yeah. um certain people I hang out with all the time are a little bit bad with gore I... Selena Maria you don't like Gotti. gore I don't like gore Selena is I will, really bad with it I will watch a psychological thriller Wait, all like day long any gore or just like it, most gore I was like I mean it's been in like things that were G slash PG 13 rated so it's like I don't want to yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get sick to my stomach if I look too much, or 
or my memory doesn't let it go and I can't forget it and it haunts me constantly yeah. until I finally have something that like blocks it out but then if something like hints at it or reminds me it all comes flooding back like it is right now just See, I'm like that about, way. Uh, um, I'm that way with voodoo. So I like voodoo's like skeleton key. That movie sucks overall, but that ending <laughs> fucking sticks with me because so I hate voodoo. I, I typically try to avoid things that I don't want to think about. You know. But anyway, sure. since I, I've hung out with Selena for going on a billion years at this point, <laughs> um, and Selena's pretty much at every of one of my movie nights. I yeah. tend to not pick horror movies because I don't want. To, you know, I don't want any of my friends to be yeah. even a little bit unhappy. And in high school, it was the same situation. One of my good friends in high school, who we went to the movies with all the time, absolutely hated horror movies. Like, just any across the board hated horror movies. Yeah. My mom hates horror movies. So, growing up, I just never just had... not really any reason, though. Yeah, I don't yeah. really watch things by myself that often. So, um, so it's funny, like, uh, our other friend, Taylor, was yeah. trying to tell me about horror movies. And she's like, you've seen this, and you've seen this, right? Because some people assume I've seen a lot. I've seen maybe two horror movies, but I think that might be why some of these internet things resonate with me so much, because mm-hmm. I've never so. really had that outlet, yeah. and being a isolated kid in a small southern town whose pretty much only contact with the outside world was the internet, um, to have these sort of like horror and psychological things yeah. sort of invading my comfort zone, I think kind of... It makes them stick with me a little bit more. Yeah. So um, I end up going back to like the same ones like years later, and they're always, always exactly as spooky. I think you know, oh okay, I've seen Marvel Hornets before. Yeah. It's not gonna scare me anymore. I've met the people who made it. It's yeah. not scary. I've watched them make fun of it drunk, for example. That yes, being a we have. It's a, a Slenderman YouTube series. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of the prototypical. Slenderman series, not they didn't invent it. Victor Surge did, but they kind of popularized it. Yeah, um, they actually went to different conventions and stuff, and we—that's how we met them. Was that? Yeah, um, they GMX. Oh, okay. but they went yeah. to other ones. But like, um, they were at a lot of Tennessee conventions because they were based out of like Alabama. Yeah. So you know, I thought once I'd seen these people as actors and not as characters, I'd seen them make fun of their own work, which was yeah. hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, I've added them on Twitter, whatever. It would stop being scary. It doesn't stop being scary. And it's kind of like that with all of these. Um, another one I was going to talk about in general, and we can always circle back to it, is there's a thing called the SCP Foundation, if you're not familiar with it. It is a collaborative writing project. It's basically a wiki. Um, okay. But it's not so much that anyone can edit as like anyone can submit, and then people sort of vote and workshop oh, and okay. they, they have to like kind of accept your yeah. work um so it's a little bit more um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, collaborative uh, no um hmm. uh, the thing is it sounds like things can kind of evolve um, a little bit more of a walled garden yeah well I was trying to, what's the word curated curated oh, is the word yes. i'm looking for um, it's a little bit more. We were all wrong. <laughs> yeah, through, through <laughs> three different things. It's more actively curated. It's not like um, just something that anyone can add on to, yeah. and you know. So the quality seems to be a little bit higher overall. Um, I don't love every SCP, but overall they're they're pretty good. Yeah. But a does lot it? Of, uh, what does it stand for? Um, as far as I can tell, it's secure, contain, protect. That's what it says okay. under the logo. Um, and it's basically it is a fake in-universe sort of um, 
it's uh, documentation, like internal documentation for an organization called the okay. SCP Foundation, where um, they take these anomalies, so they're usually an item or a person or a location that has weird effects, and they try to contain it. That's the whole point. Cool. Um, and um, what I was kind of trying to get at before is like SCPs, because there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. A lot of them are terrifying. But there's also a lot that are dumb and that are funny and that are intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. And so that was another one. The first ones I was linked to were all scary. Yeah. And it really freaked me out. I thought after reading a bunch of the funny ones and they seeing the authors as... kind of goof off, yeah. they wouldn't be as scary. But as having read them again mm-hmm. last night and discovering my door was <laughs> unlocked, they are definitely still as scary. Um, so what was one of the very first things you found that fits into this internet um, internet genre of horror? Um, the, probably one of the first ones I remember, though not, um, I wasn't at, like, I didn't think of it in this category until recently when I was remembering it, was there's a video, it's called, which I just showed you guys, um, but it's called... Uh, internet story or an internet story or something like that um, it's by Adam Butcher it was released in 2010 so that shows you about how far back I've been yeah you know and we'll put a link to that down below so you can watch it and be a little creeped out and it's it's really kind of cool because a lot of these um, things being very linked in with internet culture and internet usage kind of become little time capsules for Mm -hmm. the way the internet works at the time. Yeah, Um, so Kate, like she said, she just showed it to Mana. I saw it back in college, but it's been years, probably like around the time when it was released or something like that. Um, Because, of course, Kate showed it to me. I did show it to you. Now, Matt, this was your first time watching it. Yes. How did you feel? Uh, It it creeped me out. It creeped me out immensely. Even Um, with all of the, like, time capsule you know dating itself because but those are it, so cool i love but, that shit. but like, it that's still awesome. is creepy and, and yeah. what it's about for people who haven't seen it um it's a it's about a nine minute video um and it's presented as like a true story almost like a mini documentary about a um murder that uh comes about when a person an, an anonymous person puts out a uh, treasure hunt where they say i've buried nine thousand pounds and whoever finds it gets to keep it and it's basically documenting a single unwatched YouTuber who was trying to complete this not particular, what seems like a not particularly popular like ARG, like alternate reality game. Mm-hmm. Like it's like all these clues and puzzles and he's trying to decipher them and he's like vlogging it. And, and even though he's a jerk, he does manage to like decrypt the stuff. Yeah, so it's basically, it follows him as he's trying to like decode things and I don't want to spoil it because I think it's best yeah. experience. Yes. But it's, it's, it gets creepier um, than it initially lets on. So the because thing- it, it starts off seeming like just very kind of, especially na- now, kind of it's hokey kind of and silly and funny. Well, I mean, you get to see like super old school YouTube. Yeah. It's yeah. like there's a bunch of screenshots from like Windows XP. They're using, <laughs> I mean, I know people still use Firefox, but there's like Firefox because there's no Chrome. It's very, yeah. very, very old, and it's um, that retro YouTube made me laugh. Uh, yeah. It looks like it looks it's like so real bare. player. Like it's so yeah. It's like I remember watching things on YouTube like that, and yeah. and I think this, if I'm remember, if I'm timing it right, I think this was probably released around the same time, maybe a little bit before, but around the same time, like Lonely Girl 
was a thing. Did, are you familiar with that? Uh -huh. There was a, there was a YouTube account that it was also one of these things that kind of kicked off this is it real is it fake yeah. internet mystery thing. It wasn't quite a horror thing. Um, it was more of a thriller, but it was uh, basically a fake vlogger. And her, oh. her name was like Lonely Girl Fifteen or something, and it started off with the name sort of Hi, I'm a YouTuber. Here's yeah. my life. Peace. You know, kind of videos, and you eventually realize that like her family is part of a cult and they're kind of prepping her to maybe be some sort of sacrifice and what and, <laughs> and it's, it's all just like implied in the background and then she runs away from it got kind of i didn't love it after yeah. a while but it, it was i think around the same time when like the sort of arg alternate reality game thing was really kicking in yeah. which mm -hmm. lonely girl was kind of an arg but the weird thing about lonely girl was about before it was 100% um, revealed that it was fake. Yeah. Some people started catching on because just things they slipped up on the video and her production quality was a little higher than most YouTubers at the time. And there was like some flowers in a video that don't grow where she claimed she lived. It was really... Wow. Yeah. But someone... <laughs> Detectives. Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> someone figured out where she lived and they started making like a weird parallel thing called Cassie is Dead, which was a horror thing. And it was implying that like one of the side characters was killed off and was haunting her. Um, it was completely, like, non-canonical. So that one, honestly, uh, if I will be real, still kind of spooks me out because... That's creepy as shit. Yeah. 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 Someone was following you and essentially, yeah. like, documenting your fake documentary. Like, that's creepy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of, so I think I was, really into, <laughs> I was really into the Lonely Girl thing when it was going on. Like I said, I didn't follow it to its completion because I kind of fell out of it. But I think that, combined with the sort of the internet story, is... Um, what first got me into this kind of thing and then later um, in college more like I got really into the Slender Man and all like the Slenderverse yeah. ones Marble Hornets particularly I yeah. dabbled with like every man hybrid. hybrid I didn't like it as much Tribe 12 I didn't I didn't follow them very long um, um, they were just kind of I, I think Matt's looking at us. Yeah, I don't know. What those um, are. I, I think I know Slender Man freaks me out a little bit because yeah. I've I've played the games and I've um, gone. They were like, all. Uh, Tribe 12, um, I think there's another one, something Harvest, um, and like Everyman Hybrid were kind of things that were pulling both from Marble Hornets and from like the original Victor Surge uh, Slenderman posts. Okay. They were their own things, but pretty much all of them except for Marble Hornets started like crossing over oh. and like the characters would appear. And so it became like a little quote unquote Slenderverse, huh. which was at first good, but they a lot of them ended up biting off more than they could chew on like ARGs and getting more and more dramatic and then yeah. people would leave because they were mostly college kids doing it like someone would leave and they would just kind of have to write the character out in a kind of unceremonious way yeah, yeah. so a lot of them got a little messy and i don't even know how many of them i like i didn't follow yeah. this their conclusion. um so one of the reasons why i think marvel hornets worked well for me personally was the characters were interesting and intriguing um, and, you know, they, they were around our age, are around our age, and also, they kind of, yeah, they didn't try to go too far, farther than they could reach. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of them, and I think this is kind of getting back to sort of one of the key points I wanted to talk to, uh, was, um, a lot of these stories work because they, even when they have, like, a supernatural element, like uh, Slender Man or some of the things yeah. from the SCP Foundation, foundation which clearly don't exist in our world 
Unless it's three in the morning and you stop. <laughs> but um, gonna have to watch so much Golden Girls after this. Episode. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I did. I was playing like Walk the Moon at like top volume this morning to try to not be oh, scared because it's all happy and yeah. Exciting. One of my coworkers, she's like, whenever sometimes we'll put a playlist of, you know, we each put in a few artists, and I always put in Walk the Moon, and she's like. This is one of yours, isn't it? It's happy. I'm like, yep, this is Walk the Moon. It's like the most sugary music yeah, I can think of. Yeah, it's just so good. But anyway, what Have is you listened to any Walk the Moon? Well, here's, but here's, yes. But okay, here's the, the thing is, though, now horror movies are starting to, like, use that as their background for, like, they intentionally pair... Oh, happy, happy music happy with music. awful things yeah. and it's ruining that because it used to be like like now I can't listen to old music anymore without thinking of like Bioshock and like people dying or, on tables or like tiny little kids yeah because it's, they've used that and they've made that creepy like I can't hear old jazz and not think oh that's creepy I think of someone dying like it's, it's the same reason with happy music gotcha but yeah like so I mean a lot of it um, it, it feels really real because they usually root it in something that um, especially if it's given to you through a media that's like um, based on the internet, like ones that are, say, told through fake forum posts or ones that are told through fake blog entries or things like that where they, they really, or Marble Hornets, where it was a YouTube channel, which, you know, like it didn't have credits, it yeah. didn't have, it didn't link to a store or a page, you know, like mm-hmm. things like that where the comments were turned off where you couldn't. You were kind of isolated, it felt like, like this weird po- pocket of the internet. Just There's like nothing to take you out of it. There's yeah. nothing yeah. to tell you this is, you're not watching real stuff. It's like yeah. super engrossing, and I think that um, some of the Slenderverse ones, um, they tried a little bit too hard to do, like, quote-unquote characters and storylines and wikis, and, like, it got to the point where it stopped feeling like a weird little side dimension of the internet and started being... Just a low budget horror movie. A show, yeah, yeah. or or something that yeah. becomes tangible. That oh, I could watch that on you know. Yeah, any yeah. And even like later seasons, like the later seasons of Marvel Hornets, even kind of go that direction because they're yeah. trying to build it to a conclusion. But like, for example, if you if you've never seen the first season of Marvel Hornets, most of the episodes are just like at least in the first season mm-hmm. are just these weird, disconnected, shaky cam, um, like clips of videos that the narrator has salvaged from. An old uh, project. An in, yeah, an incomplete um, set of tapes from an old project that their, you know, college friend was working on. Yeah. So it's like disconnected little bits. You're not getting the whole story. And so it's kind of, when you don't have the whole story, it's uh, harder to pick holes in the story. Yeah. In a weird kind of counterintuitive way. And I think a lot of these stories work that way because they limit your sort of information Mm -hmm. or another one that's kind of a big trope with internet stuff um is unlike say a horror movie or slasher film that you're watching that's like a movie um where you see these characters die and sometimes there's no one left at the end or whatever a lot of the internet ones um someone is left at the end to tell the story because someone had to be posting this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes um, sense. Like, that's one of the rules on Reddit's No Sleep subreddit, which is their basically horror story generation okay. thing. Um, it's basically everyone's supposed to pretend that everything's true. And so you can't tell a story where no one survives. So there's got to be either one of two things that happens. Either someone survives and tells a story, or someone gets so corrupted slash taken over by whatever entity they're being chased by that it compels them to post the story, which is a pretty common thematic thing. Because a lot of these also 
go on this idea that by reading it, you're inviting it to you. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a common Slenderman thing. Yeah. yeah. It's also common for a lot of the SCPs. Um, like I said, they're written as like in-universe documentation about how to contain things. The a lot of the SCP ones have warnings for what they consider like memetic hazards or like cognitive hazards or however they want to phrase in that particular one, which is basically this thing will hurt your mind or make you think differently. And um, a lot of them are, for example, you read it and it affects you. So the the documentation for a lot of them is written very like cir- circuitously. So to imply that like oh if you think about it too much it's gonna uh. hurt you so it's kind of tempting you to think about it but also warning you against thinking about it um and uh, that okay so that reminds me a little tiny bit about um the jim carrey movie uh was it 23 is that the name of it yes i think you're I um it just like because Either 23 or 13 it's one of them it's got a three in it i think it's 23 I think it's 23 <laughs> yeah. i watched it not that long ago um because I actually like it. Like, there's a few, like, holes and stuff in it, but it's entertaining. It's also horror without any gross stuff. Ah. Um, it's all psychological, but it has that, you know, if you think about it too much, like, at the very beginning, it's like, if this is remotely like your life, stop reading now. Well, I mean, the biggest, like, big um, movie sort of version of it is The Ring, probably. Like, yeah. that, you watch yeah. this and it, you'll die in some yeah. days. But, like, obviously you're watching The Ring, you don't, just watch the video yeah. and get like an explanation. Yeah. You see the characters go through this journey. A lot of internet stories would be more just like, here's this video, and there would be like a blurb at the bottom that's like, BT dubs, you're gonna die because you watch this, you know? Yeah. That's how a lot of internet stuff's presented, and that's why I think it let it leaves that sort of lingering yeah. doubt. Like, mm-hmm. okay, there is a SCP. I wrote some of my favorites down. Um, or I, I'm more focused on the ones that scare me in particular. There's a lot of SCPs that are funny, like really funny. Like SCP... 006J is just descriptions of bugs, and it's like, so, <laughs> but it, they're just regular bugs, and they're just like SCP containment. You, ah, it's on my face, you know. It's, it's really funny. Or there's like one that's like um, SCP 28 is like you just if you go in this building, you get total knowledge of any one subject, but you don't have any control of the subject. So some people get like. Um, and, like, this is one of those good SCPs where it's a balance of creepy and funny. Yeah. It starts out describing, like, someone will have complete knowledge of how to take care of a colony of mole rats or the complete uh, contents of a New York phone book or <laughs> they know where their keys are for their car or something like that. But then, like, some of the last ones, it's, like, people um, find out all of the SCP Foundation's secrets and kill themselves or they find out the true nature of the universe but they kill themselves before they tell anybody. You know, a lot of them are creepy, um, or it kind of leaves that lingering, like, would you really want to take that gamble? Yeah. And some of the SCPs straddle that line, but one of them that definitely goes into that, you feel a little uneasy after you read it, because it seems to imply that you might be next, is um, SCP-2030. It's called Laugh is Fun. Which sounds like it's going to be one of the funny ones, but it's not. And <laughs> Laugh is Fun is basically a surreal um, hidden camera prank show that inserts itself through unknown means into distribution. So, um, for example, it might pop up on your Netflix, or it might pop up on a Redbox, or whatever. And you are tempted to click on it because it uses cover art from other things. It will say, like, Laugh is Fun is on it, but it 
usually will have a picture of like yeah. something else. It's like kind spam. of spam. Yeah, so you click on it, and it's a hidden camera show, which is introduced um, by little segments by a narrator whose face you never see because the camera is set just below their face. And um, the pranks are often surreal, um, impossible, and deadly. And the people experiencing the pranks tend to react with realistic horror yeah. until the host reappears, like, you know, sort of the end of Candy Camera. Like, you're on camera, and they're just sort of, like, instantly cool with it, and they're instantly react relaxed, even if, for example, they lost an arm or something in the prank. They're just laughing along with the host. And it implies through the SVP, or it, it kind of outright states at one point, all the people in the videos have been reported missing or dead, or their their bodies are gone. And there are shots of them in the audience of other segments, and it's implied that people who maybe watch the show are the next to be on the show. Oh. So, um, it, it, but they won't confirm it. That's another yeah. thing. SVP plays a lot with that missing pieces thing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, there's a one and I mean, like we'll say some warning for some of the content of this because it's a little gory. Selena, Maria, and guys. <laughs> hey, okay, so it's funny. I'm a lot better with reading it. Like I have, I read a lot of horror. Okay. Um, this like, one involves squirrels, so it's cool. Um, it's fun. It's innocent. It's fine. Um, <laughs> one of them, they, it's just it, a lot of the SCPs end up describing video clips because you're not classified to watch them. Is kind of how it does it. Oh, um, you aren't cleared to watch them. And also, SCPs have a lot of um, like things that are redacted, like oh, that you cool. can't yeah. see, um, which is good for when they don't want to get really specific about things. But also, you know, it's creepy. Like sometimes there's like a yeah. whole passage redacted. Yeah. Um, What's there? Yeah. You'll never know. Right. So, for example, one of the pranks is like a woman in the middle of the night turns to her husband in the bed and he, she sees something that looks like it might be moving under his skin and she um, tries to wake him up and he won't respond and then all of a sudden a bunch of squirrels come out of like his mouth and stuff and jump on her and then the host appears and she's like, oh, okay, whatever. But her husband also appears and he's been skinned and he is uh. seemingly fine. Like he's not, he's reacting like, haha, good prank, honey, or whatever. And Ooh, it's like it's like if Saw combined with the Joker, and yeah. that's what like that's so. But like the the people seem unaware of how grotesque yeah. the situation is, so it's really creepy. And a lot of like I said, SCPs kind of straddle that line. There's um, SCP nine nine three is a thing called uh like Bobble the Clown, which is a kids programming show that goes about you like told me about that one. It's it's like a kids programming thing that just inserts itself into airwaves and like yeah. anyone over the age of like. I think like 10 or something falls unconscious when it's playing but all children watch it and get like psychological effects and it's like a clown teaching them how to like murder people oh god um and, <laughs> and and a lot of SCPs also play in this sort of media thing a lot of them are haunted videotapes and things yeah. like that I know it's almost become like a cliche at this point to have like the lost episode of the thing that's dark and spooky and but it's still so effective when it's done right yeah right when it's done yeah. really well and a lot of the SCPs are because they are sort of curated um, probably one of my favorites, um, Wait, which... I admit, it's one reason why I do like that we have a lost episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Not, you it's... have a lost episode of your podcast? Yes. Does it involve someone getting, like, murdered? Did you murder a person? There's a lot of buzzing. Okay. Which can imply a lot of things. Yeah, buzzing implies a lot of things. Yes. That's all I'm gonna say. Is it just redacted after this? Just redacted. <laughs> redacted. 
Actually, the file went missing. Uh, oh, okay. Right there. Yeah. So it's actually, yeah, you did say like yeah, just last. It really did. Together. It just kind of yeah, like disappeared like, from I, our I don't know where it went. This is suspicious. Um, and I'm the one that's been suspected of murder. But, okay. <laughs> um, but like, there's one that's a uh, my favorite one probably. Um, that at least falls into that missing videotape thing. Is there's one called SCP-1981. It's probably one of the highest rated one. Okay. It's called Ronald Reagan cut up while talking, um, which is descriptive. Um, it is a Betamax tape um, that is Betamax. that is labeled Ronald Reagan cut up while talking. Like that's written on it. Okay. Um, and it is Ronald Reagan giving a speech that is a speech he actually gave in real life. Um, however, at like a few minutes into the video, it starts to diverge from his actual speech that he gave in real life. And and, and you can't see this. It, it's not actually a video. It, yeah. It's a description of a video. Yeah. But um, there are some fake screenshots. But um. He starts talking about basically nonsense, um, cryptic nonsense, but like they give some excerpts from it. Like, just sometimes it'll just be like, blah, 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 seven, the streets will run red with blood, ha, 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 you got me there. You know, like, it just word yeah. salad, basically. But while he's talking, horrible injuries just start appearing on him. Like, his eye will get gouged out or whatever. Yeah. And he does not react. And the people in the audience don't react. And every time you play the tape, it goes differently. He gives a different speech, and he gets injured in a different way. And sometimes there is a black hooded figure standing behind him without any kind of explanation. The SCP concludes, because it's giving basically um, a researcher sort of chronicling of the things they've seen while watching yeah. it. Mm -hmm. The last one, instead of showing Reagan at the podium getting hurt like in all the others, it's just the black hooded figure. No one else, no one else in the audience, no the press corps or anything. And the screen goes black, the words, I see you, flash on screen, it comes back, the figure's gone, and the figure has never appeared in the video again since. So it seems to imply the figure has escaped from the video mm -hmm. and is seeking the people who have been re-watching this video. Oh. It's super great. Yeah. So, um, so we'll, we'll probably also put a little warning, you're like, Oh. This is a good episode. <laughs> so I mean, like I mean, that's those are some good ones. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with any others. Um, Been drowned is very popular. Have you? Is that is that okay? So I'm guessing mm -hmm. it has to do with being drowned, or is it one of those other ones that like is not clearly what it says it it's, is? Oh uh, well, I mean, you might have heard about it. I, I figure as like a quote unquote nerdy podcast, it <laughs> is a little bit more in your area of expertise. It is about a haunted Majora's Mask game. Ooh. Have you never heard this one? No. Okay, it's okay. So, uh, I, you first told me about this one because I randomly got Yeah, Selena a... put us in a real-life creepypasta <laughs> situation, and only my brain, uh, I still have it, though. No. I See, do. Selena's gonna get us all marked. Okay, so, um, my, my story, <laughs> um, I was visiting home for a winter break, and my mom goes, hey, do you want this thing? It looked like something you would want. And it's a, just, you know, like one of those manila envelope padded bubble, you know, chipper things, you know. And in it is an uh, N64 copy of Ocarina of Time. And every person who's read Been Drowned is having, like, warning flags <laughs> go off in their head. And my, I'm like, oh, where'd you get this? Because we've never had an N64. Warning flags. Um, and Mom's <laughs> like, it just came one day addressed to your brother. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm like, 
Okay, well, Kay has an N64 in our living room. No, you're skipping the part college. where you ask the brother who sent it, and he's like, I oh, don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. I don't know anyone from that city. That's true, because I did, I asked him, I was like, who sent this to you? I don't I know don't it was know. in Colorado or wherever it, it was. From. It was Texas. It was Texas. from some city in Texas. He's like, I don't know anyone from Texas. Because it being the age of the internet, he has online friends, but he's yeah. like, I don't have any from that area. So I'm like, okay, that's weird. That was addressed to you, and it's a game. But I'm like, free game. So Selena comes to me. She's like, hey, my mom got this mysterious uh, video game from an unknown sender for a console we don't own. And you just happen to have an N64 at college here in the year 2000. Is that how you pitched it? (laughs) (laughs) Not not, not exactly. And I'm I'm just like, okay, cool. I don't want to die. So we're not going to put that in my... She's like, well, okay... This does not need to be in our apartment. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's what, a I, free game. One, I already own Ocarina of Time, and I had it in the apartment. We didn't need it for the dorm. For no. The, you know. But I was like, oh, it can be my own copy. But, okay, Ben Drown is about a guy who gets a copy of Majora's Mask, I think without a label, if I'm remembering right. Uh, it's just like labeled with a Sharpie yeah. or something, at a garage sale from a weird old dude. And when he brings it home... Um, he starts playing it, and the game is... I mean, Majora's Mask is kind of a creepy Zelda entry anyway. Yeah. But it's like he's... Things are not going right. Um, like, there's no one in the town at one point. There's, like, uh, the Skull Kid... Because, like, there's a save file to close it. Skull Kid is using moves the Skull Kid doesn't have. Lines of dialogue that are very cryptic out of context are reappearing in places of the game that they don't. Um, when he quits the game and comes back, it's not resetting to the right points. There's a statue in the game, like a statue item that looks like a little copy of Link. It's following him around the game. Um, and his file names keep getting renamed. First, I think, I think it's been a while since I've read this one, but first they get renamed to Your Next. And eventually they get renamed to Ben Drowned, or like things like implying. And like I said, I'm a little shaking the details, but the implication is there was a kid named Ben or the ghost has been it's very yeah. this one is one of those that plays a lot with ambiguity but it um it, it basically implies the game's haunted and has killed before and it's gonna kill again and um it infects his computer because he like ROMs it yeah. <laughs> and, and it is another one that's memetic because his last entry is in the form of a like a text file that you download and open yeah and in the entry he's talking about how like he's basically gonna try to get away from this thing and it concludes seemingly with him saying, "Do not download anything that is on my blog. Like, don't save any pictures of this. Don't download anything because that's how it spreads. So it's implying that he is not the one who posted this text file. Yeah. The entity did because it had gotten into his computer and it is now in yours. Oh. It's very very spooky. It's almost it's one of those that like it's gotten so popular." <laughs> It's almost ruined itself because yeah. it's very popular with, say, 13-year-olds on DeviantArt and things <laughs> who get really into drawing a like, bleeding-eyed Link and being all like, this is my creepypasta boyfriend. Which, you know, okay, enjoy your media however you want to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not slamming, like, teenage fangirls. I'm just saying that is one that's a, sometimes a little hard to find spooky if you were introduced to it in that context. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of in that sort of realm. Marble Hornets has kind of yeah. done the same thing. So it's one of those, if that's your first introduction, I don't blame you for finding it spooky. My first introduction to the story was reading it at two in the morning at my grandmother's house. Um, 
which I have believed since I was a child is like haunted basically mm-hmm. is terrified you you also had a very like terrifying experience one time yeah sleeping over yeah um one time at my grandmother's house I when I was a, I would say 12 and I was up at like three in the morning um someone started pounding on the window of the bedroom I was in screaming at the top of her lungs oh, God, um and it was a it was a down the street neighbor who was uh, claiming someone had broke into her house. It was not true. It was an older person, and she was unfortunately suffering from some sort of dementia. But it was still uh, horrifying at three in the morning. To, for a twelve-year-old, because my my bedroom was not at the front of the house. Yeah. Um, I was just just me and my grandmother. When we looked out the window, we didn't see her anymore. Uh, um, <laughs> um, so oh, this is the same room, actually, because I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. Um, this is the same room that I read been drowned is the same room that I watched Marble Hornets for the first time, read most of these SCPs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like when I was a kid, it was really easily yeah. freaked out by it. So setting is kind of important when you're experiencing these. Yeah. I would um, never return to that room. Um, so <laughs> Kate even told me that I needed to watch Marble Hornets in the middle of the night by myself, though we started watching it in the middle of the night together in our in the fine art studio because yeah. we were working on a project which made the walk all the way across campus oh, horrifying. God. Yeah, I had just I think I showed Marble Horns to someone, a friend of ours, I think it was Taylor, who um, right after we watched it went home and someone had tied like a birthday balloon to a mailbox, and in the middle of the <laughs> night it looked like a really tall faceless figure. <laughs> Marble Horn. I mean, the Slenderman thing is very easily spookable yeah. because. Um, a lot it of things can look, look yeah. like that from a di- distance. Um, so there's those. Um, Candle Cove is another very big one. It's uh, by uh, Chris Straub, who um, kind of a he, I mean, he's a comics guy. So he writes. Oh gosh, he writes a webcomic that's really good, but its name is escaping me. Um, and uh, I think he writes like Chainsaw Street and stuff too. Edit that out if I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should know this. Um, <laughs> But Chris Drub, he he's written a lot of things, so it's kind of, it was weird. I read this horror story, and I didn't realize he wrote it, and I also read his webcomic, so I'm like, it was weird when I put two and two together. Yeah. But Candle Cove is basically a fake message board in which a bunch of people are talking about a local public access show that they watched as children. And um, they're starting, I was like, oh yeah, it was like, like a live-action girl and a bunch of puppets that were pirates, and they were pals, and, you know, they had, like, all these adventures, and there's, like talking about it's like some sort of very local I, show. I think one of the reasons why that one is so creepy is because it feels like something you would have watched yourself as a little kid right it feels very like like I have very dim memories of something called like Eureka's Castle oh, which yeah. was you know for example yeah it, it feels like that kind of show you know yeah. a little bit puppet a little bit whatever or even like Mr. Rogers and Princess you yeah. know so um they're talking about it and remembering things, but then someone's like, isn't it weird how, like, the villain was named, like, the skin taker? And that's kind of like, it's one of those, they start going into that, you know, okay. very common practice of going, yeah. hey, wasn't that thing from a thing we watched as kids kind of messed up? Which we've all done. Yep. Yeah. We've all had that moment where, like, that was darker than I remember it. Mm-hmm. And they keep going, and it keeps getting darker and darker and darker. Oh, wow. And then they, they're all kind of disturbed until, and this one I will spoil, because it's very short. It's, like, yeah. less than a page. The last poster said that talking about this with all of the people, because they were like trying to track it down, stuff they yeah. were having no success. He goes, he said he wanted to go home and ask his mom, did we ever record it? And she was like, Candle Cove, that show you said you watched when you were a kid? He's like, no, I did watch it. There's all these people on the internet. She goes, 
like no sweetie you used to just sit in front of the tv when it was just static for like an hour and claim that it was candle cove and so it's like all these people realize that candle cove quote unquote never existed like it's some sort of weird thing where no one can prove it existed because all the parents claim it's just static now People did decide to YouTube this, and they will post, for example, if you Google Candle Cove episode one, there will be, say, a 20-minute video of static, which is clever and uh, yeah, a little bit um, also creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh. Yeah. So, um, and then, so, like... That wasn't as bad for me. I can take, I can take that yeah. one, because that one's... Yeah. It's fun. Um, but a lot of these originally came out, like... It's fun. Like, 4chan's paranormal thing was a big one, something awful's paranormal thing. Um, <laughs> um, and there's that one. The the new one is um, the new sort of source for most of these is Reddit's No Sleep subreddit. That's okay. that's where most of them come from these days. Um, it you know it's just sort of the most popular one. Um, and it's also it's not curated though. Like anyone can post one, and it's just you know how Reddit works. It gets upvoted, yeah. downvoted. So good ones tend to rise to the top, but you also notice trends. There's a lot of cliches um a lot of they smiled unnaturally wide or um lots of it starts very vague and ends with it oh the cult all along oh. you know um like a lot of people i think a lot of people misidentify what is working in this these stories what's working in them is that weird uneasiness of is this real is it not um mm-hmm. is because especially on the internet people post anything and they claim mm-hmm. it's real yeah. so that uncertainty is always there it just sort of brings it to the forefront you know is this user really who they say they are yeah. do they really have these experiences there are posts on no sleep that could legitimately have happened to people and some of them might have depending yeah. on whether or not people um like there's just stalker stories on no sleep uh-huh. there is you know things like that things that really happen to people so even when it drifts into the supernatural, if you've been sort of trained by reading all these ones that are presumably real, yeah, you don't really know. And I think the, the line blurs a lot, which is I think why a lot of them actually end up in this sort of alternate reality game. Mm-hmm. Think like Ben Drowned had an alternate reality game. Yeah, some of the Marble Horn and stuff kind of yeah, did. they kind of lend themselves to it. Yeah, but I think a lot of people instead of realizing that's where the scary lies, they they look. At the supernatural or the superficial elements mm. yeah. of the work, and they're like, "Oh, um, Slenderman is tall and skinny and has no face. So my person is going to be tall and skinny, but they'll have a big yeah. smile." Or, or I mean, the silence on Doctor Who. Yeah. Though. Oh yeah. The you can't remember it if you're not looking. At yeah. Um. One of the SCPs. I don't know if it came. I want to say it maybe came first, but is another one of those kind of like the angels mm-hmm. on Doctor Who, where it's like it won't move if you're looking yeah. at it. Um, a lot of people have those sort of superficial things. Um, so it also makes me, um, as you mentioned, like the kind of unknown, not knowing what's real and what's not, and also the, um, you know, what exactly is going on is unknown as well. It kind of makes me think of like why H.P. Lovecraft, some of his stuff got really popular is because it hinged on the unknown. Yeah, that sort of cliche Lovecraft undescribable let me describe it in yeah. Yeah. lines. <laughs> um but like it is creepy. And a lot of the creepy pastas borrow he- very heavy from Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he does sort of, you know, tap into that same vein. So some of them borrow too much from him. Yeah. 
the balance is best when there's a little bit of that modern technological weirdness. Um, um, especially if it uses things that it's being presented on, like even though it's been years since an internet story was made, it's still creepy because it's taking place on the internet and you're watching it on the internet, you know, it's right, you're those layers, it. yeah. Like, for example, um, one of the things that works sometimes well and sometimes not well, depending on how well the author does it, um, on the No Sleep subreddit, because it's Reddit, there's comments. Yeah. So because the author presumably lived to tell the story and posted mm-hmm. it, people ask them questions as if they're real. Sometimes they respond, they sometimes respond. they okay. don't. And when they do, and they manage to sort of keep it together, yeah. it makes it even creepier. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they go a little bit far. This is going to get into, like, opinion territory. But you know how people always say, like, horror movies are maybe better if you don't see the monster right away? Mm-hmm. Like, it may be the less you see of it, yeah. the better. Um, Aliens is a prime example of they wait till the last minute for you yeah. to actually see the alien. It's horrifying. That's why I like Cloverfield. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I think... For, that is very true for films because mm-hmm. you've got that visual effect, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for internet, and this is my working theory, so bear with me. <laughs> I think for it almost works better if the author of the creepypasta or whatever goes unknown as long as possible. The less you know mm-hmm. about the author, yeah, the better. I think because early season I, I can agree. You don't even yeah. see the narrator. I can agree with that because also. Um, you can easily have a twist. Also, like, the unreliable narrator. Right. Um, that plays straight into that not knowing. Like, he could be telling the truth. Could be not. Could be the one actually doing the horrible thing. And, or, it, and it goes know. against writer's instincts because you're taught, if you're, like, if you've taken a lot of creative writing classes, like, you need to get specific. Yeah. And, like, so a lot of these creepypastas, they start out, and they're trying so hard to make their narrator feel real. It's like, hey, my name's Mike, and I'm 24. Me and my buddies, we're going to this bar that we love. And yeah. they're, they're trying so hard, and they're, like, establishing all these relationships and whatever, and they're trying really hard to build a believable character, and it just mm-hmm. doesn't... It take, it sucks the scary right out of that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird, because in a horror movie, you get to know the characters really well, and then you don't want to see them die. Yeah. And I, and I feel like... But that's a different medium. Yeah. Like, this really is a different medium in that respect. Because, yeah, I agree. It, those are hallmarks of good horror movies. Right. You need to care about these people. Mm-hmm. You need to care about... You need to have stakes. In internet, you don't have to have that as much. I feel Ambiguity like, is better. I feel like people insert themselves a little bit more, and that's why leaving it a little open helps yeah. a little. Because it also becomes that point that I think the why would you do this gets even stronger on the mm-hmm. internet where you can literally post on Reddit. Why would you do that? Why would you go in that yeah. door? Exactly. Um, also, it's one of those things that people on the internet naturally tend to act a little bit differently than they do in real life, especially when there is that anonymity. Anonymity? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I was like... We got there. Yeah. You knew exactly what I was trying to say. Even though I've loved it hard. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when people are anonymous, they tend to... I mean, that's when most hateful things come across a lot of times. It's when they have that veil across them and no one knows who they really are. Yeah, I agree. But So that also makes certain things even creepier. Yeah. Um, especially, like, tone. A lot of the, you know, when you're reading, like, a creepypasta... Um, when they try really hard to make the character seem like really fun or casual or whatever, like they're trying a little too hard with the tone. I think it's like, it's creepier when it's stripped down. There's another one, which I didn't discuss, um, and it's got the worst name, so 
bear with me. It's not what it seems like it's going to be. There is a creepypasta called Normal Porn for Normal People. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, It actually contains almost no anything like that. It is a, just a person posted it, and this is, I think, is a good example of, they take themselves way out of it. Yeah. The only thing the narrator says is, hey, I got this email, and as a person said, here's this website, I think you'd like it, it's called normalpornfornormalpeople.com, it's for the good of humanity or something. And they were like, that's weird, I'm going to click on that and see what it is. And so the narrator in this is literally just your proxy, because you don't have this website to click on because it doesn't really exist. Yeah. You never find out anything about this person, and I think it works better that way. Mm-hmm. Um... They, this creepypasta is basically, they go to this website, there's a ton of hyperlinks, and they're like nested, where it's like you click one, and there's a page, and you click oh, another, okay. yeah. and you have to keep clicking them, and eventually you get to a page that's just a video, with like a single word, dot .avi, as like the title, Yeah. and they're all different, so there's like, implied to be thousands of them, and people start looking for them, because most of them are completely inane, and it's just them interviewing people about yeah. like, funny stories from their kids, or whatever. Um, until people start finding ones that are weird. And this is another one I think is better read, so I won't spoil it. I will yeah. say there's almost no sexual content on in it, yeah. even though it's called normal porn for normal people. Um, <laughs> it, clickbait! But it, it basically it ends with someone finding the worst, you hope, yeah. video mm-hmm. of all of them, and then the site goes away forever and no one can find it anymore. And I think it's a testament, when I was trying to remember the name of this, because I couldn't remember that title. Yeah. I remembered it as the creepy pasta with the chimpanzee in it, because there's chimpanzee in it. Yeah. Um, I started Googling it, and when I came up with a name, I Googled it to try to get the full text, and like the first things that come up is like normal porn for normal people real, uh, uh, real yeah. video, real whatever. Because, I mean, it is one of those that, because it implies the website was taken down, yeah. it implies that there was like um, a forum of people that were looking for it that maybe mm-hmm. isn't there anymore, you know, things like that. Yeah. It... It really, and like most of the videos, like the most of the videos are very inane. Like one of them, um, where it's getting into the, it's strange, but not quite to the terminal point, is they eventually find one where it's like someone gets their dryer fixed and then they just, the maintenance guy leaves and they just start licking it for like seven minutes. And that's one of those things that's weird. Yeah. But you could, but think about it, you would see that on the internet. Yeah, you would. Because someone, that's someone's thing. Yeah. And it, that's what it, it starts to be implying, like, okay, maybe these are just, like, really, like, there's one where a lady's feeding peanut butter sandwiches to a dog. Like, yeah. it doesn't really mean anything. But then it gets creepier yeah. and worse and worse and worse, and characters come back in maybe worse states than they were the Ugh. first time you saw them. Oh, Lord. Um, so, it, yeah. It's very spooky, but because, like, it starts off with that, and, like, you never have the narrator popping you, whoa, when I saw this, yeah. I told my buddy John <laughs> this, and then he sent me this link, and he died. You know? Yeah. And I think that's where I think that's where a lot of them lose it. They try to bring in all these sides. I feel like sometimes they know their friends are into it and they're trying to bring their friends in, yeah. the side characters, and because it gets more famous than they expected. Another good one, and this is not to slam this author, because I know people really like this one, so I want to make it clear. This is a personal opinion. There's one called Pin Pal, and it's like six parts. The first two, I was just floored. They're super creepy. It is 100% one of those that could happen. Yeah. But because it's one of those that 100% could have happened, it got really popular. People really responded to the first few. Oh. He wanted to keep it going, I feel like. He eventually made it a novel. It's a novel now. It's called Pin Pal. Yeah. It's by Dathan Arbach, I think is how you say his name. Um, and like I said, the first two or three, I love. And maybe even as separate stories, I love all of them. Yeah. 
but it implies they all happen to the same person. And by the end, I'm just like, come on, dude. I'm yeah, like, you have that. <laughs> like, you can only suspend so much disbelief. I'm like, I'm like, how did all this happen to you? And you're just now, because it's things <laughs> that happened to him as a kid. I'm like, how are you just now figuring out all of this was yeah. related? Yeah. Um, and it's just because he kept going like, oh, I remembered another thing. Or my mom reminded me another thing. And I'm just like, maybe you can just... And like, yeah. you can under, like, Marvel Hornets does the, you know, this happened to me when I was younger thing I blocked it out. Yeah. Um, but it and it, it, okay, as much as I love Marvel Horse, I'm not even sure that always works. Yeah. You know, I just it I feel like it works better if you don't like try to fill in those gaps. Like if they had say if Pinpal had been about six different kids in the same town. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it style or something, yeah. you know, I would have bought that. Or even like maybe two or three kids. But it's pretty much all these things happening to one kid, and it's like, it's a stalker thing. Yeah. And I'm like, at a certain point, I'm like, how did one, your mom not have you moved yeah. towns? How was yeah. it? Logic to make it, you know? starts to come in. Because yeah. even if you're a kid, there's still parents that yeah, are, his, yeah. His mom finds out in one of the stories that he's being stalked. So I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I think the narrator being a little bit more distant works. Now, there's exceptions to that. There's definitely ones that probably work better with the, mm-hmm. you know, I can't think of any offhand right now, but I've, I've definitely read ones with a little bit, like even Ben Drown, I guess, has more of an active protagonist because he does talk about like his friend. He posts transcripts between him and like the entity. At one but point. is it in small spurts? It's in like very, is it brief? Uh, like I said, it's been a while since I've read it. I do remember like you do kind of see a lot of his actions. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, like, that's one of the more active ones, but it just doesn't come across as, like, really reaching. Yeah. Like, he never does anything that I feel like you wouldn't do. Yeah. You know? And, like, a lot of these people, especially the really multi-parter, um, even good multi-parters, they just kind of stop feeling the same as these others. Like, they become good stories, but not so much good, scary stories. Yeah. Um, a lot of the no-sleep ones, like, there comes a certain point where you're just like, no, don't go back in that town. Yeah. And like I said, because you can actually post that at a person, and a lot of times they do respond, and someone will be like, why, don't go back, and they'll be like, well, I have to. Yeah. You don't want that justification from a movie character, because you know it's never really going to hold up scrutiny. Yeah. So. Because, like, I don't know also how many horror movies I've seen where I'm like, this is just highly improbable. Not not just unlikely, but, like, there's no reason... No real person would do this. And I think, like, you can still enjoy it. Like, yeah. you don't, I mean, obviously, I I love Power Rangers, which is probably the least yeah. believable story ever told by mankind. Seriously. You can't even believe that the robots are real in-universe because they're made out of rubber, you know? <laughs> but it's like, um, it's like, you know, like, I, I do not have to yeah. suspend my disbelief to enjoy a story. However, I think that haunting, creepy, chills, three in the morning... Mm-hmm scariness that's very unique to this particular brand of internet humor or internet humor horror wow <laughs> this particular brand of internet that says a lot about <laughs> it, it might yeah. how you feel yeah I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an october gothy kid it happens and um, we'll and we'll link to all these in there because i actually want yeah. people to go to that and yeah. like explore yeah oh and yeah cool. do it in the middle of the night by yourself okay yeah. maybe don't yeah but lock your door regardless of when yeah. you do it actually just lock your door in general. In general. That's a general request. <laughs> you don't need, um, like, internet spooks to get you. <laughs> you. You have regular spooks to worry about. So I have a question. Where can, um, we'll, and we'll put the links in there, but um, 
do you post about this on like a regular basis on like your social media channels? Like, do you I, like highlight new ones or things like that? I don't really, because um, most of the ones that come to me, I feel like I, you know, I, I, I will say that's not really what shows up a lot on my Twitter feed. Okay. So, um, you asking that has kind of made me think like, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've, I've posted a couple quote-unquote horror stories on my tumblr that i yeah. wrote um but those are kind of old but yeah they're, they're there um which is kweather k-a-y-w-e-a-t-h-e-r dot tumblr.com in the old comics there's yeah a, there's a couple like one to a few page horror things i wrote yeah um and like i used to post a little bit more of a hornet i was never super active um, I will admit most of my Twitter stuff is more um, colorful and super sentai and um, My Hero Academia Which is why and people Zuriani. don't always realize that you have this darker right. side. Which is, yeah. Which, okay, honestly, I think that lends itself better for your cons- consumption of this media because it's a little bit more removed than, you know. Yeah, I, I will admit, like, there's probably a lot of people who don't realize how much I know about the creepy... I mean, like, this is all the fictional stuff. I'm not even getting into some of the real stuff on the yeah. internet that I know about. Because, um, I, I I, mean, it's happened to all of us at least a few times. Sometimes it happens to us a lot more often. You know, we kind of spiral down into the internet. We find one thing, we click on another thing, and we just keep going. And we're at the weird part of the internet. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, so, but you like to hang out there a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but you know what? A lot of the stuff you like, you've shown me and stuff I like. Um, because also, I may not like watching gory stuff, but I can read a lot better. I don't have to worry about the images getting yeah. stuck in my head, or I can skim the gory parties. Um, but I do love reading it. Yeah, and I mean, I do. Um, I I like some like spookier style comics that's those do show up on my twitter a little bit more often like i've been reading girl from the other side um which is a manga that's really really good it's on that fence between spooky and sort of just like a weird creepy fairy tale yeah um it's four volumes and like the art does not look like almost any other manga out there so i've you know i've I've posted about that a little bit before not a lot but like you know i'll reblog things about it um but now people know about now the people, other side. Yeah, now people know about the not toy commercial <laughs> side of me. So maybe I'll I'll have to I'll have to um I, I kinda now me. want a Tumblr that you curate some of your faves on. I mean I, okay, I will say, if I had to curate faves, um someone has done a lot of the work for me. If you mm-hmm. go to the for example the SCP Foundation they do have a page that is just their top rated stories. Okay. Oh, okay. And a lot of those are my favorites. Not all of them. There are some up there that people really, really love. I'm not as into the SCPs that are like, this is a monster that chases you. Oh, okay. um, which a lot of people are. There was a video game that's like a uh, containment breach that has a lot of the sort of more, this one kills you if you look at its face or this one, you okay. know, mm-hmm. yeah. which those are fine. And they're my, I'm just not as big on those. Yeah. Um, you'll find a lot of those in that list and a lot of the funny ones too. And a lot of the weird meta ones, which are also very good. The ones where they have to try to find a way to write about something that they can't write about are very creative and good. Um, but uh, the, a lot of the ones on the list um, are included on there. Um, 
87, like SCP-87, The NeverEnding Staircase is probably one of my favorites, and that's like really close to the top. The Ronald Reagan one's on there. That one's uh, creepy. The, the, there's a, like a DVR with a basketball game on it that's really good. Mm-hmm. SCP-1733. Also, I admit, I do want you to write more, because, okay, so being friends with Kay... She's giving me pitches for so many different ideas. This is the guilt trip segment of the show. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the new segment where Selena guilts me about things because and, this is my life and now. And so it's like sometimes I'm like, I want to read this story. And she describes a lot of short stories too. Though I know some occasionally have been posted and, you know, stuff. Yeah. But it's like... like um, I, did, I did write one R slash no sleep it wasn't very good in retrospect. I liked the idea of it a it lot. Was bad. It I was didn't about, read it. It was about elevators, and if anyone can find it, then they get points. Yay, it, points! It got, it got, <laughs> points are good. It got kind of buried. I mean, like, there were some people who liked it. It got a yeah. little bit buried, though. Like, I didn't get to read it. By but... the way, we're totally going to find it and stick it on. I mean, it's thing. not hard. <laughs> it's not Show hard. Me. If you go, if, it's my Reddit account, which is probably exactly the name you would think it would be, um, considering all my other internet usernames and it. There's like three posts on there that are like, "Hey, tell me about the Red Sox." There's one that's like, "I need a, <laughs> I need a laptop recommendation," and then the last one is like, "This one time I got trapped in an elevator to hell." <laughs> um, that's all I ever post on Reddit for is like r slash no sleep, and then like, I need a very specific nerd's opinion on something. Like, <laughs> like my discus is broken. Like, how do I finish? How do I fix? Uh, it's it's linking my Overwatch account, but it's not my Overwatch account. How do I fix that? Um, that's all I use Reddit for. So. That's um, and uh, Ranger Board. Yeah, you go on there. You're a Ranger Board. I I used to be on Ranger Board a lot. I haven't been a Ranger Board in a while. Okay. I definitely didn't post any horror stories. No, on no. Board. But that's... though sometimes discussions on Ranger Board are their own. <laughs> kind yeah, of I was gonna say they can evolve very quickly. Like, yeah. I was definitely posting a lot when they were like teasing the movie stuff, and I figure I still have like war flashbacks to some of those discussions <laughs> where I just explain to people that like being poor isn't a quote unquote um deep angsty social issue that should be avoided for example you know like that's a whole other that's a whole yeah my power rangers opinions which are me uh, and which um that reminds me speaking of power rangers yes we three and hopefully at least one of the Person. person, yes, um, are hoping to have a project come up soon about Power Rangers. Yes, um, specifically, uh, well, I mean, we can say the name and stuff. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I think <laughs> I think Selena was trying to build suspense. I think she was. So you know what? I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it be for so, now until um, we actually do it, and yeah. then we'll we'll talk. Well, about when um, because also I don't want to put too many eggs in one basket and watch them all fall. I mean, uh, that's true. But we're hoping to work on something soon. And hey, then you would get to hear Kay a lot more often. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I'm sure I'm definitely going to love hearing my voice playing back. Okay, I admit, it's so weird hearing my voice because I sound like a little kid. But I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's fine. I, even if I'm not here, Selena just repeats all of my opinions. And I feel Boom. like I need royalties <laughs> slash plagiarism. <laughs> there's, there's so many reasons why I wanted you on here. So I don't have to say your opinions. You can say them yourself. Yeah, I hope everyone's enjoyed me completely derailing the nerd podcast to talk. Not about at all. No, hey, that's what no. it's about. Okay, our podcast is about chasing lots of different types of geeky things, and that's why I wanted you on. 
Um, and that's also why a lot of times we try to shout out different random stuff that you should go yeah. check out. So, by the way, speaking of, uh, do you have a nerdy random thing that people should go check out? Uh, actually, no, not right now. I don't have anything really. Uh, like if I was like to something off the top of my head, uh, uh -huh. you should watch uh, Power Rangers Hyper Force because it's awesome. <laughs> I still haven't watched that, and I feel like I really, really need to. I, I, I love it, and I, I do find it funny where like I'll post about it on the like our Facebook page, mm -hmm. and it'll be like, I'll, I'll see something like I'll, I'll ask a question of like the audience, like, hey, you know, what do you think about it? What's your feedback or whatever? And they'll be like, I'll get certain people will be like, oh, it's. It's too nerdy for me. Like you realize you love Power Rangers, right? Like I'm, I'm saying this as a Power Rangers fan. I'm fucking nerdy. So like, really, yeah. like that's the line. Like, no, that's not the fucking line. Like yeah. we're talking about giant insects and giant robots, and you're gonna draw the line of well, they're on screen and they don't have anything in front of them. They got a book. I'm like, hey, give me a fucking break. So yeah, because yeah. it's so much less silly when they're in a rubber suit. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it doesn't make it like it's fine. Like, just um, give me a break. So anyway. I, I have two things. One, um, I, Kay would probably agree, is go listen to Judge John Hodgman. Yeah. Uh, she's got me binging it. Um, I've been listening to almost nothing but uh, John Hodgman's voice while I'm at work. Um, uh, it's a good show. He has fake internet court. And, oh, cool. Uh, oh, that's right. You were telling me about that. About... Yeah. Uh, Random things from like a friend stole a scarf to a wife wants to have a wild and free garden in her yard, and you know, lots, lots of fun things. Uh, that it's disagreements great. over one yeah. of sandwiches. Yes, one of his favorites is um, a hot dog is not a sandwich. A hot dog is not a sandwich, even though the Webster Dictionary will define a hot dog as a sandwich. But it's not a sandwich. But it's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. Would you cut a hot dog in half to eat it? Yes. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a food heathen. None of my food opinions should ever be considered canon. <laughs> I agree. That's how I feel. Um, I, I would find, unless it's like a super messy hot dog, no. Um, I had the thought today, can you microwave raw chicken? So, like, no one should listen to me. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, so, my other thing is just Shit, because... Shit, that might be the title um, of the show. Should I microwave? Which is weird because it... Should you I microwave You can always see chicken. that as, like, an out-of-context creepy podcast. Yes. yes, you could. Because if you saw that, like, SCP-9600, can you microwave raw chicken? I and it would be, it. like... It would be some sort of manila folder where that's like scratched on the cover, but inside it's like <laughs> something else. Um, I could also see it be like some messed up version of like, you know, uh, Blue Apron or things like that. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, man, like a food delivery yeah, service. Yeah. But they're that sending you wrong. things that maybe aren't food. Yes, exactly. See? <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. I got it. Um, but anyway, so the other thing is just um, the Hyperion novels. Um, I by uh, Dan Simmons, yeah, Dan Simmons. I've been reading those recently, and they're really good and fun and interesting. I'm on the last book, and it's a huge book, and I'm not happy to be done with it. Understand? Um, just because you know me and long series, I want. Yeah. I, I like my long series. But I'm read so. big books like a nerd. <laughs> I know, right? Nerd. So, um, so if, nerdy. You, if you like big books. <laughs> Uh, go check out Hyperion uh, by Dan Simmons. If you like small books, I have a recommendation. <laughs> um, okay, there is a series of books that I really like. This is my shout out. Celine told me I could shout yes. out one. Yes. Yeah. This is my shout out. 
Um, there is a series of books. There's two out now. The third one is coming out January 9th, and I need everyone to buy it because the life of the series is going to be determined by how many people buy this uh, book, and I ooh. need about 100 more, so people okay. are going to have to keep buying it. The first one is called Every Hearted Doorway. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. Yes, it's by Sean and McGuire. Um, the basic premise, um, without going into it too much, is a bunch of kids who went on fantasy quests when they were younger. Like, think about Alice in Wonderland, or the people, like the kids from Narnia, or um, Dorothy and Oz. Like, these kids that were taken from the real world went on these amazing epic fantasy quests where they, like, became kings and conquerors and, you know, fell in love and fought in wars or whatever. And now they're back because a lot of those people return home at the end of their stories. Um, it's these kids who've gone on these quests, coming back and dealing with like the emotional consequences of being in the real world again. Oh, cool. Especially with most of them did not want to come back. Um, and they're sort of dealing with what life is now. Um, and what I think is really unique about this, because I've seen this kind of premise before, but it's mm -hmm. usually it is Alice and Dorothy. Yeah. And these, yeah. She created completely original characters with their own unique sort of portal fantasy worlds and with very little description and like establishment. Well, some of them have more description than others, but yeah. like she really, really sets up these other stories that you didn't get to see or hear really vividly. Mm -hmm. And like it's beautiful, like her language sort of throughout it. And it makes me like really feel like these are these big epic quests that you're only seeing glimpses of and facts oh, cool. of through the characters. And it sort of evolves. There's a mystery in the first one. The second one, um, the sequel, is called Down Among the Sticks and Bones. Um, and it's kind of a sidequel slash prequel. Yeah. Um, definitely don't read it first, though, because it spoils the first book. Um, okay. But Down Among the Sticks and Bones, it's like kind of... What she's going to do is like main story, sort of sidequel that kind of describes what one of the characters did on their adventure. And yeah. Then back to the main story, and then another sort of... Oh, okay, cool. That's, I think, her plan right now, of course, yeah. is evolving. So the third one is called, um, like, I think it's Under a Sugar Sky, I think. Um, I, I mix it up a lot. Um, <laughs> um, or Beneath a Sugar Sky? It's one of those. It's one of those prepositions. Beneath. Beneath a Sugar Sky. Um, it comes out January 9th. I could not be more excited for it. And... Um, I highly recommend them. They're very short, unlike Selena's monster bricks that she recommends to everybody. Um, I don't have room in my house for Wheel of Time, um, but I do have room in my house for these because they're actually novellas. They're not really fully nice. novels. Okay, uh, cool. They come. They both have audiobooks that are very, very good. Ooh. Um, they're like four-hour audiobooks. It is super, super worth it. So nice, it. good bite-sized books. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. Um, one of the few books, I don't listen to books more than once or read them more than once. Those are ones I will, like, go back to. Also, pro tip for me, it's very, it's full of lots of representation and diversity and LGBT characters Sweet. and, like, cool women and... We're always happy when that happens. Um, just, like, we really need to get back to Rat Queens at some yeah, point. Yeah, we do. I need to um, but, sure. yeah, representation cool. is fantastic. But, but it is, like, it's good, too. It's not just, like, sort of thrown in there. For the yeah. sake of, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's worked into a lot of the characters and their stories. And, their... and I mean, life is full of diversity. Yeah. It's very good, and I love it a lot. Awesome. Um, so, anyways, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, Chasing Geek. We'll have the links down below. Also, you can always find our podcast on ChasingGeek.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
And um, as always, you can find me as Pint Size Ginger on pretty much everything, even PSN. And where can they find you, Matt? Uh, Matt Mueller CB on Twitter and uh, comicbook.com is where all my crap goes. Yep. And <laughs> I am at Twitter, uh, most most actively at Twitter, and it's at Kayweather, K-A-Y-W-E-A-T-H-E-R. She occasionally posts pictures of her adorable dog. I do occasionally post pictures of my gremlin. Um, so it's Kayweather there, it's Kayweather on Tumblr, though I'm not as active on there, it's mostly just my art, so it's a little bit sporadic. Um... Instagram is like K dot weather, Reddit is like K dash weather. It's it's usually some variation. Yeah. So if you try enough of them and eventually find someone talking about Power Rangers, it's probably me. Yeah. Or bugs. Or, or bugs. bugs. Yeah. I, my Instagram is mostly pictures of bugs. Full disclosure, it's not that interesting to anyone but me. I mean, I like it, but I also like bugs and I like you. Aww. 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 <laughs> but anyways, and until next time, keep chasing geek. Deuces, everyone. Bye.